<laughs> welcome back, welcome back. To all our wonderful listeners, we definitely appreciate y'all as we are walking up on a wonderful Christmas holiday and another episode of Spit Talking. This will be episode seven. Um, we're going to start it off with some college football talk, but first we want to talk about Dion Lewin Sanders and what he's doing at Jackson State. I'm mad you actually know the motherfucker's middle name. <laughs> wow. But nah, uh, I mean, you, you definitely got to talk about it. I mean, you know, what Dion's trying to build in the HBCU is far long overdue. Um, you know, as far as, you know, the struggle in HBCUs financial-wise and really being able to get the kind of players they want. But it's kind of been good mm-hmm. to watch, you know, some of the best talent in the nation starting to go to HBCUs as opposed to the big Power 5 programs. Like, I know he flipped uh, one of the guys, what was it, the Juco Corner, number one ranked Juco yeah. Corner. He actually flipped him from Georgia, kid Warren. from Maryland. Yeah, uh, looks Play like that Sula. Yep. I believe the name is Dijon, uh, yeah. Dijon Warren. Yeah. Um, but that's 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 some good stuff. Like uh, you kind of wonder at sometimes, well, what exactly did Dion say to him that actually got him to flip? Um, is is this kind of a thing of blue chips? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you got blue chip money at Jackson State, but I do know in the last year or so, even when it came to you know college basketball type, a lot of the younger kids were starting to look into JUCO. I mean, uh, to HBCUs. So you still have the number one recruit in basketball. I think in twenty twenty two or twenty three, uh, no light skinned kid. He's he still got like two or three uh, of the HBCUs in his top. So I know top one, five. one of the star kids. I know that I don't know if he was either last year or coming this year. One of them's down at Howard. Yeah, he is. He um um. I can't remember his name. Uh, he's he's a center down there right now. Um, was it one of the Maker brothers? It, or yeah, it was sort of or, like that. Or cousin, Thon Thon, or something like that. But yeah, but no, he is a Howard right now. His only issue right now is he's getting so much attention on him. The rest of the team is really garbage. Howard has fallen off so far and we kind of just going back but this is what we do but Howard has really fallen off in basketball so bad that everything else around him is just trash so I mean he's basically getting doubled every time he touches the ball Yeah, and for the record his name is uh, McCour Maker Um, so he is one of Thon's relatives somewhere down the line but uh, yeah but I mean just it's just good to finally see HBCU starting to win I mean because I know for the longest everybody Kind of was like you knew your Morgan States, you yeah. knew your Howards, you knew your Hamptons. It was like for a while, Hampton was kind of considered one of the powers, at least up this way on the East Coast, as opposed to them South schools where they really kind of got it in. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I always said if I could go back and do college all over again, I probably would have went to HBCU. And I mean, like <laughs> I was saying, I went to a you know Division three school. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, wasn't blessed with height. You know, it was what it was. But um, you know, I feel <laughs> like HBCU is kind of more just the people, the culture. Right. I feel like right now, like. It's just it's changed so much, mm-hmm. and it's like why wouldn't you want to go to an HBCU? So I mean, kudos to Dion being man, able to get him in there, man, for sure. I, man, if I really went back and, and did it, uh, Coach Frazier was really looking at me at Bowie State. I really wish I had committed. It was, I mean, my grandmother literally lives a minute and a half from there. I could have lived with her. Been eating that goulash. <laughs> but nah, I just had a good time at Bowie. I should have really committed and uh, 
But you know, at that time, sometimes your head is a little bigger than you know what your game or whatever prospects may see. You said you ain't blessed tonight. I'm three inches shorter than you, so <laughs> we'll see. That's the part that's crazy because it was like literally, and it's funny because it's like a little story that kind of came with my you know whole deal playing football. Like you know, every kid, especially black kid, like your dream is to play big time college football yeah. to get to the league and mm-hmm. take care of mom and take yeah. care of dad and buy mama a house. Alvin Mack. All that stuff, right? So, I mean, it was like, it was crazy because, uh, you know, when I was in high school, we had a guy I played with. His name was uh, Chris Malamat, rest in peace. Okay. Um, he Got was getting that. recruited by West Virginia. And, you know, Malamat was, you know, 6'4", 245 pounds, 250 pounds. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because we went up to the West Virginia camp. At yeah. that time, you know, it was Rich Rodriguez, Coach Bill Stewart. You know, they had the guys, the Avon Coburns. Yeah. yeah. They were kind of the ones who were kind of really... <laughs> Originalizing that spread offense. Yeah. Um, so we adopted it high school wise because I know my sophomore year we were running triple option. Right. But you know, all the dynamic players we had to run triple option had all graduated. Mm-hmm. So now he was like, you know, we got to try to do something different. So we did that. So, you know, going up there to the camp, you know, I played both ways and, you know, it was kind of like a heartbreaker for me. But uh, Coach Bill Stewart was the guy who was recruiting Chris at the time, also mm-hmm. Stewart, who has passed, rest in peace. You know, and he kind of came up to me and was like, you know, I like your feet work. You're real athletic. He was like, if you were a little taller, I'd give you a chance. Right. And I'm like, that shit broke my heart. Like, I, I can't <laughs> control that. Like, like, at that time, like, I'm five, ten and a half in cleats. I mean, right. like, are you serious? Like, right. you feel like I'm athletic enough, but I'm just I just don't meet the physical credentials. Like, yeah. that, that shit, that shit hurts. And I told you, Coach Fraser came and looked at me. I was listed at five ten. <laughs> he said, "You're not five ten, right?" He said, "But you can play." I right. said, "I'm about five seven and a half, though." Right. And I mean, and that's the crazy because it's like you know when I you know let people know like you know my story and people are like you know oh you know if you're good you're good you're yeah. making. I'm just like you got to remember some of those guys who are undersized are yeah. like genetic specimens like For they're sure. freaks of nature. I mean, you guys now Spud Webbs. You know, Earl Blankenstein. Yeah, you know, Nate Robinson's. Like, yeah. these guys are severely yeah, undersized, yeah. but I mean, strong as fuck, can jump high yeah. as fuck, or, you know, just very skillful. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but it's just it's just good to kind of see, like, it looks like HBCUs are kind of kind of start to win. Um, yeah. And, and just to get back on topic, just a slight tad bit, let's give Dion his kudos. It's the best HBCU class ever. Uh, yeah. Ever signed. Yeah. Now we we're talking about stars and where you sign and all that. I get that part. Those kids may never live up to whatever that is. Very true. But we have to go on right now what it is. It's the best HBCU class ever signed. It's the best FS uh, FCS class this year. Mhm. So we got to give Dion some kudos on what he is doing out there, man. It's it's important for us to show love so other people can show love so that when it comes down to these kids signing, it's not just, oh, that's just Howard or that's just Hampton or that's just Prairie View. Shout out to Prairie View. Right. You know, that's just Bowie State. And getting back to Bowie State, they're doing their thing out here. So it's right. a lot of things, you know, people, people back in the day, you know, here would have just said, I'm going to Shepherd, forget Bowie State. But mm-hmm. it's starting to turn around a little bit. But we gotta stay on point with Dion and, and Jacksonville State. I but. think also it's kind of good for the culture because of the aspect of, you know, some of these guys who are gonna go play for Dion are gonna be like what can you give me? How can you nurture me? Like, you know, right. basically it's like you got seeds waiting to be watered and Dion is, you know, the gardener. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, look, 
you know, you had your whole image, prime time, swag, yeah. you know, all that. You know, you was with uh, what, what was what's the boy's name? Uh, too legit to quit. Hammer. Hammer. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Dion was doing his thing. So it's now you like, you know, I I want to go to an HBCU yeah. to play for one of the greatest who ever played the game, but because I want his knowledge, I want right. to know his struggles, I want to know, you know, how he succeeded. You know, yeah. what, what were different things? Because he was at the top. He was. So I mean, like literally, like you know, it, it's it's kind of good to a sense because it's not a power five school where you can become a statistic if you're not good right. you're just kind of on the team as opposed to an HBCU yeah. we only get 60 63 scholarships so Dion's going to traditionally build a family like culture for, for black sure. students and and kind of what we always do because we both played man you know not at the highest level but we both played and people are going to get tired of me talking about uh, Coach Neesmith but that's kind of what he did for us at Seneca mm-hmm. um, he he bought that that big brother father type of figure mm-hmm. and did that with 40, 40 black kids not to say that the white kids didn't get the same thing right. but we're talking about HBCU so for those 40 black kids that are new to the Seneca tradition and we kind of bought in uh, like a new kind of mm, it's, that's when Seneca was trying to was trying to turn and numbers wise this was really the most African-American students they really had, especially on the football team, mm-hmm. where he was like our father type to to the point of where, shit, that dude is like the one of my best friends in the world right now. Mm-hmm. So for him to start off and take me under and show me love and guide me in life, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, that's what those kids want. And, you know, that's what them kids get when they go to Jackson State. And that's what Dion is trying to tell them. Right. Hey, don't come to Jackson State because you think Dion is going to get you somewhere and do X, Y, Z. No, come to Jackson State because you're going to get love from a black man right. and, and, and you something you may have never gotten in life. Which is true. And, and you're going to come up underneath and there's other black coaches that's going to sh- teach you and show you the way of how to be not only a great football player but a great young man. And that's kind of the, the plus side of it because you got to think about the network that Dion's going to bring to it. Like yeah. He's going to bring Florida State guys, yeah. Miami guys. I mean, like all the guys he played with for the for Cowboys, sure. the Niners, the Ravens. Like, you know, just to bring those guys around, those kids. Yeah. It's just like it's not going to be so much as a, a shock anymore, right. you know, to, to kind of basically make it normalized at a HBCU. Like, we belong at the top tier with everybody for else. Sure. The only difference is, is they got more money to get the guys exactly. that they want. You know, the HBCUs <laughs> don't. So I'm just like, it, it's kind of a thing where it's like, I can't wait to cheer for Dion. Because I'm definitely going to be watching a lot of games, you know, yeah. definitely for the, just that aspect in general. But just to watch how he matures men and you know yeah. helps men grow. Because I mean, it's I hate that it's a it's a, a static. I'm sorry, a static, a stat that <laughs> so, you know, like just black men in general usually grow up without fathers. And yeah. it's just like if they do have a father figure, you know, you kind of see him here and there. You know, mm-hmm. I might go to dad's for the weekend so mom can have a break, whereas right. opposed to you genuinely have a father figure in the house that's showing you how to be a man. Because I mean, realistically, yeah. a woman. And can't teach you how to be a man. She can teach you how to be a respectable person for sure. in society. But to be a man, <laughs> no, she can't do that. Yeah, so, hey, man, shout out to all the black coaches. And we're not just trying to make it a black thing, but we're talking about HBCU type of things and black on black and, and, and you know, black men trying to teach 
other men how to become men. So shout out to all the black coaches out there that's doing the thing for the right reasons and showing these kids how to become young men and and, and lead real respectable lives and, and, and really trying to do positive things out here. Uh, I could go into a lot of other people that I know that are doing positive things, especially in the DMV area. Uh, right now ain't that time, but man, I, I appreciate all you guys, especially, you know, White Oak, Montgomery Village, uh, Chappie up here in Fred, but I don't want to get into everything like that, but appreciate everybody that's showing young men how to do what they got to do. Indeed. So, you know, we just were moving on with that, um, you know, basically getting into what's tomorrow, which is considered championship Saturday in college yeah. football. So, you know, we got a lot of different matchups coming up in there. Um, you know, it's going to be some good games. Um, definitely looking forward to this one, Clemson and Notre Dame, because me and you have debated a lot about it. <laughs> i give you some real, some real person shit right now. Yeah. Notre Dame... Got lucky last time that they beat Clemson <gasps> in South Bend uh -huh. without their number one potential draft pick quarterback. Okay. Notre Dame got lucky. My boy Trevor's back. Trevor's back. Barbecue okay. chicken alert is in effect. I've heard you speak some different things on Trevor sometimes, so don't, let's not act like that's just your man. Well, grand. well you got to remember, <laughs> some of the things I speak on Trevor may be because of the fact that I'm a Florida State fan. For sure. And do I want Trevor to lose? Of course. <laughs> right. Because I'm tired of watching Florida State lose. Right. Because no, in this clear case, it's the richer keep getting richer, which is yeah. Clemson. So you That know, was supposed to be us. Right. So <laughs> every time that they fucking win yeah. another season, that means they're getting more and more top-tier talent right. to continue the fucking train. And I'm looking up. I the state down here three and six. It's hard. It's hard. We're bad. Right. <laughs> at, at three and six. So, you know, just kind of going into that game, um, you know, when I look at some of the numbers, like these teams technically are evenly matched. Um, a lot of it is a lot of national college playoff implications. So, you yes. know, Trevor, you know, you got a 2,400, you know, passing quarterback, 20 mm -hmm. touchdowns, three picks. Um, you know, of course, Travis Etienne is also going to be looking to go to the league ne uh, next year as well. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is... I was surprised he came back. He had a terrible game against Notre Dame the first game, and I feel like that's what the difference was. The motherfucker had 28 yards rushing. And he had a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. Like, for somebody of his caliber who was basically projected as a number one... I'm sorry, not number one, but a projected first, first rounder. Yeah. He played like shit. He did. So, when I look at it... I do got to give the, the kudos to Notre Dame because, I mean, Clemson is a, is a national power to score 46 points a game, 500 yards in offense. But, I mean, Notre Dame, really the way they beat them was they, they bullied them. Um, and at that time, Clemson was injured, you know, defensively. But, mm -hmm. I mean, to have Kyron uh, Williams, the running back for Notre Dame, who's a sophomore, got 1,000 yards rushing this year and 12 touchdowns. He gave Clemson a buck 40 and three touchdowns. He did. I mean, like, he did what the fuck he wanted. Yeah. That offensive line is amazing. But that's the thing kind of with Notre Dame is they're strong up front on both sides of the football. And you know as well as I know, that's where every game begins. Pay homage to the fucking trenches. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, secondary means a lot. Not that I was that great at safety, but you know. But no, nah, I mean, uh, I think, I do think Clemson is going to win this time. Oh, Even, no, you no, 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 oh, no, no, no. But to me, there's not that much of a difference between DJ and Trevor. The difference is, is timing and going through battles. So Trevor is battle-tested mm -hmm. to where DJ is still trying to learn that. But let's not sleep and act like DJ didn't put up numbers in no, that DJ game. DJ balled to, for his first game to be in Notre Dame. Right. You know, that, that was definitely I, a battle-tested moment. I, I, I think the it. difference will be is 
Clemson's D-line is actually healthy this game. And they're not all hurt. And, I mean, they like you said to me, they had two freshmen out there. Shout out to, you know, Breezy's. From Damascus, Frederick. Also, Frederick. Oh, it's amazing! It's amazing! It's amazing! Here we go. The kid lived in Frederick, but was going to Damascus. I'm, I'm just saying. Hey, don't fire Macarini at Urbana, and he stays in Urbana. <laughs> How the fuck does a kid end up at a school 25 minutes away? Man, look, I could go on that forever, and I know some kids that live in Frederick and play at Quinn's Orchard High School. I do too. <laughs> I, I know one right now. I mean, <laughs> but it's just it's it's crazy. But that's that's a different topic. Right. But I, I think realistically, for Notre Dame to have a legitimate chance, they definitely got to control the, the line of scrimmage. They got to be able to pound the rock. You don't want Ian Book necessarily having to be the deciding factor to kind of get into a shootout with Trevor Lawrence. Now, the good thing. With Why do you say that? Ian's not really that guy. He doesn't. He's not going to lose you the game. He's not going to lose you the game. You got to look on your face. You gotta look on. No, I'm just saying his 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 record speaks for itself. Is it him or is it his football team? Because I mean, because the beauty of it is, is there's something called statistics, right? And statistics say Ian Book is a 2,300 yard passer, average, 15 touchdown passes, mm-hmm. average. What's his rushing yards? Two t- interceptions. What's his rushing yards? Um, probably like 400 yards. Okay. If that. All right. Nothing amazing. But. Okay. But. Okay. If you want, if you want to be the critiquer here, Notre Dame does have one of the best defenses in the nation. I, I, I'm the one that told you. Uh, nine of their guys going to the league. Right. Which is true. So, I, I, I can't give credit to Ian Book when your defense has done an immaculate job during the season. Keeping other teams out of the end zone. It just means Ian Book hasn't lost the game for him yet. This might be the one that he loses that's, the game for. That's that's big. That's big time. That's Trent Dilfer. Oh, uh, now you're saying Ian Book is Trent Dilfer. That's Trent Dilfer. Don't lose the fucking game. Ian Book is Trent Dilfer. He might as well be. Come on, man. Fifteen touchdowns. Come on, man. And you're the number two team in the nation. What the fuck? Are you serious? Come on, man. Fifteen touchdown passes of the number two team in the nation. That's horrible. I mean, your coach might not be asking That's him to do all that. That's horrible. He might be saying, hey. The good thing for him is is he's got a fucking line, the wall of China in front of him on the offensive line. <laughs> but let, let's be real here. Ian uh-huh. Book is not that good. If he, He's good. Man. He's bullshit. If I'm not saying he's... Uh, I'm not saying he's Trevor Lawrence. I'm just I'm not, saying he's good. I, I'm not saying he's Trevor either. But what I'm saying is is I feel what, what would be detrimental to Notre Dame is if they get stuck with Ian having to be the reason that they have to win the game. Has the kid played some good football this year? Yes, I got to give him his kudos because his team's undefeated. But again, he hasn't lost them a game. He took them down a couple times last game. Okay. He hasn't lost them right. a game. Right. Give him that. Okay. But again, okay. this is this is a prime example when we used to always argue about guys like Tim Tebow. When Tim Tebow was in Denver and they were winning games 10 to 6. Yes. And motherfuckers are saying Tim Tebow is just a winner and all that. His numbers were fucking horrible. But we're not going to give credit to Von Miller and them who held top 10 offenses to 6 points. Enough for Tebow to, to do a fucking naked bootleg no over one. the corner and then, and then kneel. I get the fuck out of here. No one ever said they're not giving kudos to Von Miller. They weren't. 
He was the cover of Madden. How wasn't he getting props? What the fuck is Madden got to do with it? Because you only on the cover of Madden if you had a beast ass season and people uh, giving you credit. Peyton Hillis was on the cover of Madden, and he had a good ass season. Then he rushed for almost two thousand yards that year. He owns a fisherman shop in Minnesota. <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> he had a good ass season. He could tell his grandkids about. Fuck him. <laughs> But Vaughn Miller was getting credit. You just didn't like that. No. That, that were Tebow threw a were, slant that went 50, I don't know, 90 yards. Wherever it went. So a two-yard pass. And your man went down and gave him right. the, the little fist on top of his I, I was happy that it, I was happy that it happened in Pittsburgh. But, I, yeah, but fuck Pittsburgh. Fuck them. But back, <laughs> but back on topic. So just going into the game, you know, looking at Notre no, Dame. You know. Notre Dame definitely has to be able to control the ball, keep Clemson, you know, his offense off the field. And. And, you know, the good thing is Notre Dame's defense can stand up to Clemson's offense. For sure. I'm going to go with Clemson. Hey, that running back is tough. Kyron Williams, is a, he's a Both piece. running backs can come to Washington, D.C. And the funny thing is Kyle, Kyle's only a sophomore, yeah. which is crazy. Um, but the biggest the biggest takeaway from the first game, it was definitely the turnover battle. Notre Dame was plus two. So Clemson had three fumbles that they lost mm-hmm. um, that really kind of fucked them over. Um, you know, Notre Dame did a great job of not losing the game. Even though, despite they had Clemson had a freshman quarterback playing, they still, in my opinion, luckily won by seven in overtime. So, what if we get the board, Trevor Lawrence? The board, Trevor. I see. This is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing. Trevor, Trevor's got something to prove this game because mm-hmm. they lost last time to this. This is probably the first time in a while mm-hmm. that, despite Clemson's being, I think, a ten point favorite. Trevor's got something to actually prove. They are a 10-point favorite. Which I, I feel like that's a little much. I feel like it should at least be five. I think it's a little disrespectful to Notre Dame considering they didn't beat them before. But it's like you're almost saying that Trevor's coming back and it's going to be a 10-point difference as opposed to a seven-point loss. So I, it remains to be seen. Me personally, I'm going to say Clemson wins by six. And just FYI, Ian Book has 465 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. Okay, I was 65 yards And eight off. touchdown running. He's trash. You're 200 off. But you know, well, I said 400 yards. You uh, <laughs> go back and cool. Fuck Ian Book. How about that? Eight TDs running. Well, I mean, how, how many were against Syracuse? Four? Well, we're not killing no. Right. 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 How many were against, sorry team, how many hey. do you have against Florida State? Hey, that's fine. Exactly. <laughs> that's fine. But, uh, so the other thing with that is is if Clemson wins, yes. does Notre Dame fall out no. of the college playoff? No. Why they not? Don't. What do you mean, why not? Why not? The Notre fucking Dame. So? What you mean, so? Fuck them. <laughs> the money talks, motherfucker. <laughs> Which is unfair bullshit. That's fine. The money talks. Unfair they dropped to number fucking three or four. But the, look, look, Florida fell one, Florida fell one spot after getting their ass whooped by LSU. They didn't get the ass whooped. Well, I mean, they were a they lost to a bad LSU team. They threw a shoe and lost. I mean, that that was they were losing before they that. They were overconfident. They looked they lost to a bad LSU team, look, and that's not a shot at Wall Day this time. But I'm not you even also got to remember conference play. It can happen any week, though. I mean, I forgot I'm sitting next to the dude that... Oh, any given Sunday. You fucking right. I mean, come on, man. You can win or lose. Look at Al Pacino. Can you win or lose? Like a man. (laughs) 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 Fuck that. I'm out here quote my nigga Al and Willie and Steaming Willie B. I mean, hey, you got money like them. I can't afford to be around people like you. I'm a poor motherfucker in these streets. That's why we do this for a hobby. (laughs) I'm trying to get some likes, goddammit. Yeah, make sure much. you subscribe. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, ten points is a lot. That's kind of like that. 
when Vegas gives 10 points, that kind of scares me and tells me something is cooking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That tells me something is a little different. And we may see some ACC refs are known to fuck games up. We know we were there mm. against Clemson. Mm. Y'all fucked us. Mm. Dalvin went monkey that night. He did. Y'all ACC refs are known to be terrible. So that tells me the cook is in. Mm. And Clemson will win. Chef Emerald. But somebody. <laughs> so now I, I don't know if it's going to be by 10, but I got Clemson winning that game. Uh, probably mm, Clemson will win by a field goal late. So now you on the Clemson train? I said Clemson from the rip. He didn't. I did. When we started talking, I said Clemson's going to win this game. This motherfucker, boy. I That's what I did. I not say that. I don't know. You might have been, but they always say the microphone don't lie. I mean, so we can, re- we can rewind it afterwards. <laughs> so moving on to the next one to say of championship, of course, comes down to the number one team in the nation. Uh huh. Roll Tide. <laughs> Fuck them, motherfuckers. And of course, that Florida team that you were referring to that lost to LSU. I, I, I. Oh, who's coached guaranteed ah, a victory? Yes, he did over Bama. Yes, he did, and he's a Bama for that. And I don't know. <laughs> I realistically, I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. <laughs> um, when I look at the breakdown of this, it, it's it, it's bad. Um, the only good thing for Florida for me is, I mean, Kyle Trask has been balling. He has forty touchdowns. Yeah. I think he's got like five picks. He's got a, a hell of a weapon with Kyle Pitts, but it's kind of funny if you eliminate Kyle Pitts from the equation. Now you got to kind of see Kyle Pitts decipher, you know, a lot of information and make the throws. Now Bama's defense obviously isn't the Bama's defense of the past, right? But the thing is, is Bama scores at will. I mean, they're yeah. averaging fucking because their offense they're averaging fifty fucking points a game. <laughs> I mean, Devonta Smith. A lot of people are upset because he's not even in the conversation for Heisman. Right. Kids got thirteen hundred yards, fifteen touchdowns, punt return. He's averaging sixteen fucking yards a catch. Yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's stupid. And I, and then and a lot of people forget about Najee Harris. I didn't. I'm just saying, like, I don't know what Nick Saban is promising these kids. I don't know if it's women. I don't know if it's money. If it's tractors. It's all of he, the above. He gets them. Pause. He got it. <laughs> Look here, look here, son. You're, yeah. you're coming to Bama. You're coming to Bama. You want yeah. you want Dajanae? You they, want you want Starkeisha? I got yeah. her. I got her for they, you. They just signed the two top offensive linemen in the country this year. The Richard Gibbs. The first the time that's ever happened ever. And the Richard Gibbs. <laughs> so I mean, when I look at this game, Mac Jones, you know, is is playing flawless. Um, you know, obviously he was a Heisman candidate, but I feel like the the kind of thing that fucked him is Alabama usually wins by so much he's not that playing. he's out the second yeah, half. Yeah, he's not fucking playing. Right. And it's kind of funny because it's like it's a good problem. That's because people are, because it's just like, oh, yeah. you know, hey, you could have been a Heisman, you could have, you know, right. threw your way into the top ten overall and it's just like, Oh, you know, we kicked everybody ass, so now I can't. You know, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of a good problem. You know, it's definitely a great problem to have. I mean, I wish I had that problem coaching. <laughs> if you sit there and tell your starting quarterback, "Hey, son, it's second half. Sorry, you can't play." But uh, but no, I I, I definitely think Florida is going to early give them a little bit of bump and play with them. But you know how Bama does, man. And slowly they just wind down and just take over. So let me and ask start you, running. So let me ask things. you this: Yeah, what does Florida need to do to win this game? Keep Alabama's offense off the field. So, obviously, I mean, when you say that, I mean, so they need to have consistent long drives to try to keep that Bama defense on the field to not have Alabama 
come on the field and just score. That's how I think they can beat Alabama. You know what? I, I kind of want to turn the tide a little bit because I feel like Alabama's going to come into the game just too fucking confident. And I feel like Florida has a lot to prove yeah. now with their coach coming and saying we guarantee victory. So I feel like this is one of those ordeals where you play with nothing to lose. So if you mm-hmm. got trick plays, you throw them shits in. Now, I think the thing that kind of fucks Florida in the long run is is they're a running back by committee type team. They're not really a ground and pounder. Right. They, they kind of have different guys that they can give the ball to, but nobody's rushed over 500 yards individually on their team. Right. They don't really have home run threats, but they got a lot of speed just, you know, as a team. Right. So it's just like they're dynamic to a sense. But I just feel like if Bama takes away Kyle Pitts, Florida's in trouble. But I feel like Florida might come out and hit Bama in the mouth early. The real the real big issue is is whatever team gets up off some quick points, can the other team come back? And Bama's are built for that. Florida, not necessarily. And that's what I'm saying. So if you can if you can keep that defense, uh speaking of Alabama's defense out there on the field, whether it's throwing screens to be your running game, because you know that's what teams do that don't have a running game. You throw screens, little shit like that. Um, so I, I just think you got to find a way to to keep that Alabama offense off the field because they they're gonna pound your defense and they're gonna score. So you you just gotta kind of keep it down. Also with that, and I don't know if it's kind of contradicting myself. I don't really think it is, but they're gonna need some turnovers defensively. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. So if they can get one or two turnovers and play a consistent offensive game and and get pitched the ball when he needs the ball, I think they can win. Am I saying they're going to win? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but I would love that. That is, to me, that is the way to beat Bama. I would, I would love the play that was advocate in a sense, but it's just, yeah. it's just hard with Florida. I, like, you just, I, I just don't know if Florida has enough. I don't know if defensively they'll get enough stops, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to withstand the Alabama, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith. Like, I just. I just don't see it. I mean, there's a reason Bama averages 49 points a game, 540 yards of offense. Florida, defensively, like the game is going to go up and down the field. I think it's going to boil down to who fucks up first, who throws the first pick, who fumbles, who makes the mistake, who blocks the punt. And then that momentum is just going to carry throughout the rest of the game. If Florida can try to play a clean football game, I think the game will stay a lot closer. But realistically, when it comes down to pound for pound, Bama about 12 or more. Like, I want to say, you know what? I'm riding with my Gators just just off the strength that the coach guaranteed it. But it's hard. I don't even like to hear you say I'm riding with my Gators. I I mean, just for this week. That's just for this week. That's like blasphemy. I'm out here throwing Skip Bayless shit. That's that's Tupac. That's blasphemy (laughs) shit. But now I get you. Okay, Skip. You's a big Skip. But, you know. But, uh, but now. Uh, I'm going to go Bama. Bama by eight. Eight? Eight. Fuck out of here. Bama by eight. And getting back to, you say you don't like to see Florida. Is there a team in the SEC that you would have wanted to see against Bama if they didn't beat them already or play them again? Me, personally, I would have liked... you say that? I would have liked to have seen your favorite guy... (laughs) Um, for those of you that don't know as well, JP also is a Florida State fan, and he hates Jimbo Fisher. I hate and love Jimbo. You hate Jimbo Fisher, so no, I appreciate him. You appreciate him because he got us a national championship. Yeah. I get it, but you hate Jimbo Fisher because he basically left us like some side bitches. Yes, and now our 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 program is in disarray, and it's basically his fault. 
So, so I would like to didn't recruit one fucking offensive lineman. Well, he was recruiting off his off his laurels. Fuck. He rested on his laurels. Fuck I just won a national championship. That's because Trickett's old bitch ass couldn't get no kids in. Yes, there. you should want to play for me. I just won a championship. Not talking about his son, his the fucking old dad that was fucking <laughs> old and see now. But no, so I would I, I would have rather seen a Texas A and M play um, their way into that. I think unfortunately they're in Bama's bracket. Or whatever side of the conference are there to yeah, the yeah, SEC. Yeah. Right, so right, right. of course they wasn't. They'll never get. Yeah, the they're, they're never going to do that. Um, I just felt like it may have given us a little bit of a better matchup, just because of the deception of what Texas A&M can do offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and being that Texas A&M beat Florida this year, like I feel like I, I hate the fact that they kind of break a conference into conferences. Yeah. To where I feel like the best two teams in the conference period should play for the SEC championship. Mm. And Texas A&M was better than Florida this year. I mean, they beat them head to head, and then we watched Florida lose to LSU. So, I, so that I, was a bad loss. It was a terrible loss, Thank but you. a loss is a loss. I no, I'm just saying. When you lose by bad. 30 to a bad team That's or a good loss. team, you it's Florida, I'm not coming at you this week. Fuck LSU. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> he just won the national championship last year. You want to talk about a regression. <laughs> I mean, they had a lot of dudes go pro, man. You want to talk about a regression. That's, hey, that's the same shit we did. Actually, no. After I'm about to say, no, we rocked we, football. We went three, to the final four, years, four. and then we just been getting our we ass got spiked by been, Marcus Mariota. We've been getting curb stomped for the last two and a half years. It's, it's bad. Fuck Florida State. Mariota gave us that business. Um, so, definitely, <laughs> I think we were in the right. there. Bama's got them. Um, yeah. So, our next one brings us to the Big 12, which is kind of interesting because Iowa State has matriculated their way up into the number six team in the nation. Mm. And it looks like they're playing Oklahoma. Oklahoma mm. has got to be one of the most talented, pretending teams I've ever seen year in and year out. Unlike when they beat us 13-2. to Well, we're going to talk about 98-99. Unlike when they beat us 13-2, to their defense is atrocious. Yeah. At Oklahoma. They don't stop anything. They don't stop a goddamn thing. They're like uh, a, a weak-ass panty liner. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is, this is the second time that they're playing. Um, let's see. Uh, Iowa State won the first matchup, 37-30. Yeah. yeah. Brees Hall gave them a buck 39, two mm-hmm. touchdowns. Brock Purdy played okay. Um, Chubba's brother. Stay, Chubba. Please right. stay. <laughs> I mean, realistically, it's Iowa State's game to lose, I feel, in my opinion. I mean, they don't do anything that really kind of blows you off the no. chart, but their their approach to everything is business-like. So yeah. I respect the fact that they come out and say, we're going to do what the fuck we do. We're going to yeah. up and run the ball. We'll throw when we can, but if we're going to ground and pound you, we're going to ground and pound you. It's almost like they do whatever that week is best for that matchup. So right. if they can pass, they'll pass. If they can run, they'll run. And I do fuck with that approach on that part. Um, but for me, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to speed this up a little bit just because Spencer Rattler is about to get his motherfucking man. He's about to go monkey on these boys. And Oklahoma, Oklahoma is fuck about to here. upstate Iowa, Iowa State. They're about to upset Iowa State. And Fuck that's going to be that right there. The defense going to show up a little bit. Oklahoma's been progressing over the over uh, the last couple weeks. Oklahoma's going to get that Defensively win. against who? <laughs> I don't care who it is against. Fuck Oklahoma. <laughs> well, let's put, uh, what you want to put on that? Yeah, well, as they always say in the streets, a gentleman's bed could be a bottle. I mean, we'll talk about Fuck that. Okay. Put a bottle of jack We'll talk about that. I'm Iowa State. 
Hey, I, okay. got, I got my man Brees Hall, 1,300 yard back, 17 TDs. Mm-hmm. Get, good. Getting busy. Oklahoma, don't care to keep. Let me be real. Can't run the ball. Spencer Rattler is their best running back, and he's the quarterback. So you, but you talk, hold on, don't talk down on Spencer like that, though. What about the, the dude can ball? He can play for Oklahoma. He can ball. In comparison to what's came out of Oklahoma in the last five years, he's the worst. I mean, we talking about two Heisman's. <laughs> you want some? Come on, man. What my man say? Forty year version. You wanted a nigga? Okay, now nigga. <laughs> you talking about two Heisman's back to back? Spencer's average: twenty four touchdowns, seven picks. And then, and, and he's then. average. Come on, man. he's average. You tripping? He's average. He's a I, freshman, sophomore. He's or a red shirt freshman. He's a freshman. Red shirt. It's his first year playing. He's a freshman. Red shirt freshman. He's had a year and a half to learn the system. That's fine. He's balling. He's average. He's balling. He's average. You, either. I'm not you just didn't like him on QB one. So now it was you. A good fucking so show. now you. So now you it bring was, it. It was a good fucking show. But <laughs> really, you never me, seen it. Check out QB one on Netflix. It's a shame that they stopped playing that show on Netflix because it was really good. Had it basically. COVID. COVID changed. Well, I mean that too, but I mean also it just displayed, you know, a lot of talent at the high school level that yeah, was basically sure. considered some of the elite quarterbacks in high school going to college, <laughs> and you, just their journey of like their senior <laughs> almost years. All of them. Yeah. All of them, almost all of them was a dog. But uh, Spencer Rattler is still average to me. Um, I, I'm going to go. Hey, he, he gets started for the state. <laughs> well, that's true because our quarterbacks aren't average; they're just bad. They're not good. Whoever recruited them, I, I want to see the film because. They're they're not good. Um, Shadow's not bad. Average. The good thing for Oklahoma is is that they take advantage of a weak conference. The Big Twelve is weak, and you know they're basically the rich of the rich in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they're able to get the guys that they want to get. Your Spencer Rattlers, uh, their freshman receiver Mims. Yeah. Um, you know those guys. So they're able to beat up on them. And I- so basically, like we were saying on how. Oklahoma just beats up on average ass teams yeah. in the Big Twelve. I mean, just that's just what Oklahoma does. Basically, like Notre Dame, you know, they they're gonna um, money talks. So that's just what it is. That's college football for you, though. Yeah. Um, so I mean, realistically, for me, um, you know what? I'm a rock with Iowa State. Iowa State wins by six. Keep it pushing. I just, I just Oklahoma. I feel like every year, like they're just always that team that always should be a lot better or a lot further along as a program than they really are. Like, I, like by now, I feel like Oklahoma should have made it back to another college playoff. Man, we ain't gonna keep talking on this. Spencer Rattler by six, stamped it. Fuck out of here. <laughs> so anybody that wants to take this bet, I got slapped it. Put a bottle on oh, it. My mama, oh, oh my mother! Oh shit! <laughs> so the next game, of course, is is a joke in itself. Um, where's my liquor at? Because this nobody's <laughs> watching this game. Uh, it's, it's it's the Ohio State Buckeyes um, playing against Northwestern. It, there's nothing sexy about this game. Um, Ohio State's Justin Fields, you know, potentially the second best quarterback coming out in the NFL draft behind, of course, Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. That Washington won't get because we keep fucking winning. Bitch. <laughs> uh, this, there's, there's, there's not really a lot to harp on. I mean, Ohio State's just superior. The Big Ten should be ashamed of themselves for allowing Ohio State to play in this game even though they only played five games I, I get what happened your boy Jim he ducked Ohio State he knew what was going to happen he was going to get butt fucked by Ohio State again 
Jim Harbaugh is not good. His team's not good. And Ohio State was going to trounce him, so they ran from smoke. Ohio State's going to do the same thing to Northwestern. Northwestern shouldn't be in this game either. I don't even know why this game's televised. It's the reason this game is at noon. Northwestern is 14th in the country. (laughs) What? Fuck. Fuck Northwestern. Come on, man. This game is terrible. Oh, Lord. Look, why did the Big Ten let this happen? Come on, don't the butt. Let's, I'm gonna get back to what I was talking about last last time. You keep sleeping on Indiana. Indiana gave Ohio State some go. I think also that was just a, a good job of the coach at Indiana that created a culture. He's changing everything about Indiana. What used to be a laughing stock, a laughing matter football program. They always had one or two players who made their team competitive. Yeah. But it was never enough to constantly be competitive to a sense of possibly winning the Big Ten. Yeah. They took a leap this year. But now I need to see the consistency. And, Are they going to be the same team next season? And I think with the culture he's building, I think he can. But we're getting back to Ohio State and Northwestern. Which is this, terrible. This game is going to be... Trash. It's Trash. <laughs> Northwest oh. might keep it close for about the first quarter. Yeah, for the first two minutes. <laughs> the, come on, man. Justin Fields is going to be The Heisman campaign is this. Is this. <laughs> man, it will be... This game's trash. Ohio State by 15. The spread for this game has got to be more than 20, and I I'm taking it. I'm a gambler. I'm taking it. Northwestern. <laughs> Northwestern beat up on Maryland. They beat on the Terps. Ohio State by a lot. Don't do locks like that. Ohio State by a lot. Don't do locks. This game like sucks. Like it ain't really <laughs> a lot to talk about. You know, it would almost make more sense to talk about that that Tulsa Cincy game than this game. Hey, Cincy might be one of the best teams in the country. Ohio State by a lot. Ohio State, of course. The, this is a, a typical thing with the rich get rich. And they're doing enough to let Ohio State play this game so they have six games to the qualify Big Ten, for the college playoff. The Big Ten should be ashamed of themselves. That's a that's a traversham mockery that they did to let uh, Ohio State in this game. That's bullshit. You set your standards at the beginning of the year, but because the sexy girl didn't get to make the prom queen because she was out that week, <laughs> you changed all the rules. Which is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it is. Like, it's, it, it just it just baffles me. Like I, I feel like this is kind of a, a slap in the face for teams that actually played the full season. Yeah. And you know it's like I played the full season. I went eleven and one. But because you feel that that program is better than us, even though I feel like if Ohio State played Texas A and M ten out of ten, Ohio State will win nine. Easy mm. for me. I feel like every dog has his day any given Sunday. But Ohio State wins Ooh. nine out of ten. If Ohio State played Florida ten. I'm probably going to give Ohio State another 9 out of 10. Ooh. I, I mean, like, you can't ignore, and I get what you're saying, but, I mean, fair is fair in this sense, and I just feel like this nine isn't, this isn't fair. I, Ohio State is, is a well-oiled machine program. There's a reason they're in the top four every nah, year. I get that. I don't know if they're beating them 9 out of 10. I got to beat them 9 out of 10. Yeah, maybe It's the same Florida team that you, that you also brought up lost to LSU. I get that. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Texas A&M John though. They would beat them nine out of ten. Uh, I'm saying seven out of ten, maybe nine. Oh. They'd beat them nine out of ten. I had that much faith in Ryan Day and Justin Fields. Sheesh. Ohio State is is a stud. I get that, and well, they'll be the ones slinging the dick. But I get it. I feel like we spent too much time on this. Right, because uh, that game's trash. This twelve so, o'clock game. So, so tomorrow, when you wake up, Ohio State by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no ifs, hands, and buts. So, what, what, what brings us to our next topic is what we've all been waiting for. After seventy-one day absence, the NBA has returned. Yes. Um, which we're all excited about. 
course, you know, a lot of us are waiting for this fucking pandemic to get under control so we can go back to watching games live because I know we always enjoy going down to Chinatown and hanging out in D.C. and watching the Wizards either win or lose, depending on what's going on that day. Um, $5 burgers after the game. Right. (laughs) Um, But it was kind of interesting what the NBA came out with their top 10 player ranking. And I mean... There's just a couple guys in there that you know you're kind of scratching your head. Like I know their top tens, but kind of your general guys who are already well, you know, yeah. well renowned in the league. Yeah. You know, I mean, LeBron's already obviously number one, obviously the best basketball player on the planet right now. Just won his fourth championship. You know, obviously chasing a ghost. Um, he might not be my one, but go ahead. I mean, I, he may not be your one. Um, but uh, I mean, <laughs> LeBron obviously number one for me. I mean, I just don't feel like there's nobody that can do what he's doing right now. Um, it's just not, it's LeBron and everybody else. Um, I mean, realistically, for me, the only person that can kind of slide into the conversation at times when he's healthy is a Kevin Durant. But I mean, Kevin Durant's never healthy anymore. Um, so I mean, LeBron's one for me. Mm-hmm. Number two for me would be LeBron's teammate, Anthony Davis. Anthony balled in the bubble. And there's nothing anyone, no big man in the league, can do anything about what Anthony Davis can do. Uh, what's crazy is that, you know, ESPN, they had a segment and actually saying in the playoffs, who would you take, A.B. or Giannis? And I felt, despite Giannis being a regular season MVP, it's a slap in the face to A.D. because Giannis is a one-trick pony. A.D. has multiple facets of his game that are mm-hmm. unguardable and unstoppable. So I feel like it's it's ridiculous. Stop, stop it with the Giannis and A.D. comparisons. 80's number two. You got a look on your face, and so I'm curious. I'm no, I'm just saying. No. So, what did AD do before he got with LeBron that would tell you he's better than Giannis in the playoffs? Yeah, still averaged 27, 11, three and, blocks. A and game. where did his team? What did they do? Play for the Pelicans. What do you I'm mean just there? asking. What no, did they his team home. do? I mean, it's the Pelicans. Did, did they made what the first round? Maybe they got to the first round and usually lost. If they right. made it to the second round, they lost. Yeah. And what I know. and what did Giannis do? I mean, he beat up on sorry teams. Orlando. I just I'm just asking a question. I'm just I mean I'm gonna say AD's basketball game is more polished than Giannis's. Okay. No ifs ands or buts about it. I mean, you got to look on your face. Speaking no, no, I'm just asking a question of, because before this, AD was known not to do nothing once he got in the playoffs. So do you know? So I mean, everybody looked good when they next to LeBron. Booby looked good next to LeBron. That's not true. He did. Booby had a good little run for a Booby second. Booby was trash. No, come on, man. Booby had a nice little Why run. Why do you think he should go left? Huh? Huh? Shit. Uh, shit. He should go left because he was, he was slanging on other jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it back. She might be like the other shorty. Her hot pocket might be bad, too. Oh, Lord. <laughs> she, but, but even then, like, a, She a, was a, about to get smoked every week. Oh, Lord. <laughs> he was already still in a top five type player. He just went home every year playing for the Pelicans. I and realistically, they, who they they lose? say Giannis a top five player in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And then what happens in the playoffs? Are the same thing that happened to AD. Well, the thing is, AD <laughs> AD still did him. Giannis was the one that went missing action in the playoffs, not oh, AD. Same, he wouldn't have went missing if he was next me, to LeBron. Save me, Chris Middleton. Save me. Chris Middleton. Save me, Eric Bledsoe. And your boy said, I got LeBron next to me. He's getting double team. For the first time in my NBA career, I'm getting single team, and I can hit buckets. And he was still killing. When he was getting, he was double, getting single team. When he was getting single and double, he my was still killing. Don't, don't do my boy AD like that. Eyebrows can keep him. Don't do my boy like that. So for He's me, good, for me, the wild card, for me at number three, the wild card says for me is Luka Doncic. Luka, for me, showed up in the playoffs. I feel like if... You think... Go yes. ahead. I'm sorry. Yes. 
I'm going. Yes. Luca is number three in the yes. NBA right For me, now. Right now, yes. Luca plays no defense. Who does? AD, LeBron, okay. KD. <laughs> KD don't play defense. KD does play defense. He ain't played defense in three years. He does play defense. No, he you, does. you hate PG County. Play this man. Now hates I hate PG County. <laughs> <laughs> Who the last person KD played defense on? Everybody, LeBron, anybody on a podcast LeBron. calling his ass out, LeBron. If he played defense on LeBron, LeBron still gave him thirty. That's and LeBron gonna give everybody thirty. He would have gave everybody else fifty five. <laughs> <What, what, laughs> fuck out of here! He averaged thirty on him. You what they say? What they say? What when when LeBron was playing KD? What he say? He wouldn't look the man in the eye. Why not? Because they said that KD was a LeBron slayer. I'm uh, just telling you what people say. Uh, that's not me. Uh, I don't believe that. Who said this shit? That, that's what people well, talking about. Why are you quoting? So who are these no, people? No, I'm just telling you that's what people was talking about. Who are these people? I just want to know who you're quoting. That's all. Mm. <laughs> I want to know. NBA people. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just talking up. So realistically, mm-hmm. so realistically, because I'm, I'm doing mine based off of the ESPN. No, I got you. So ESPN had Giannis at number three. So you are, are is this your three or this in ESPN? This three? one, well, I'm I'm kind of doing a, a, a cross analysis comparison. I got, you. I got you. so number three for ESPN was Giannis, yeah. obviously because he was MVP. Right for me, I put Luca at number three. Um, I felt Ooh. I felt like Luca is a much more complete basketball player than Giannis. Um, Giannis. Is ho 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 ho? Go on, listening. I'm I'm for it. Complete means defense. Complete basketball. Player. Luca don't play a no defense. Complete basketball player. But then we got to say Giannis has some type of offensive game. Giannis can play. He can cut right. blocks and right, shots. Right, right. But no, he's the defensive player of the year. But realistically, who the fuck does he guard? He's the defensive player who of the year. Who does he guard? Who doesn't he guard? He guards who? AD should have got fucking defensive player of the year. Oh my goodness! Yes, he should have. Right. So then, when I say complete, I'm Ooh. talking about all facets of the game. So if you want to pull Luca up for his defense, fine. Everything else he does better than Giannis. He's a better passer. He's a better scorer. He's a better he shooter. A better he's a better playmaker. Is he a better passer? Yes. You name all offensive shit. I'm just saying. I said complete. So I'm thinking every facet of the game. He has his defense is atrocious. It may he be. plays Ole Ole defense. It, it may be. He's like a matador. But who, who's Yana? When the last time you seen Yana really go out on somebody and strap him up? Every week. That's every not day. True. That's not true. <laughs> because I feel like defense. The term defense in basketball sometimes can be used very loosely. In what we call two-way players, lockdown defenders, like it's it's used very loosely, and I mean, well, lockdown defenders nowadays just means you attempt to play defense, right? Which I feel like Giannis does. No, I feel like Giannis does. Like, look at how how many times has Draymond Green won Defensive Player of the Year? I really don't know. He should never win any one or two. He should never win any. Which is crazy, Mister Eight and Eight. Which is crazy. But again, somehow he was Defensive Player of the Year. Kawhi Leonard, the claw, he's won a defensive player he, of the year. Nah, he he should have. He should have what? Won a defensive player. I watched him play defense last year. I watched Lucas shoot his last face year. off. We talking about last Lucas year. shot his face off. That was that Clippers team. Did Luca shoot his face off? They didn't want to be around Doc. Did Luca shoot his face off? He did. He thank shot you. that whole team. Thank face you off. very much. You answered. Thank you. So that's why. But that's off. You keep talking about offense. I'm just. Go ahead. I don't but, want but, what I'm, but what I'm saying is, is when I look at the aspect of basketball. I'm giving that offensively. To, I'm giving that to Luca. Offensively, if that's what you want to go with. Okay, he's a better basketball player, complete than Giannis. Than Giannis. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. So, with that being said, <laughs> <laughs> number four for me is Kawhi. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and Kawhi's actually number five on the ESPN list, but right. Kawhi for me, I mean, it's, it's Kawhi. He's saying it ain't much Kawhi can't do. Unfortunately, the problem with Kawhi for me is they give the nigga too much free reign to do what the fuck he wants to do. And what killed the Clippers last year was them niggas played ISO ball the whole fucking time. Terrible basketball. So number they killed Kawhi. Right. And number five for me who's coming in would be Giannis Antetokounmpo, number five in the league. Four reasons being is he's a two-way slasher. Mm-hmm. He's good. He's probably the best two-way slasher in the game. There you go. If that's if so, he's the best two-way slasher in the game. But he's mm-hmm. okay. But he's what? I'm listening. No, I'm just. I'm listening. I'm just listening to your list. So he's I'm, the best two-way slasher in the game. Two-way slasher. So he he plays both sides of the ball. Hypothetically, that's what they right, say. But he he's not better than Luca. But no, as a basketball player, no, oh, he's not. Okay, as an all-around basketball all right. player, no. Okay. Yeah. Who's, who's <laughs> so number six for me? Number six for me comes in is is the boy from PG KD. As long as he's healthy, when he's healthy, he's top three. Right now, KD with what I saw in one preseason game against the Wizards backups, he's back at number six. I'm saying, you know, back he, at number six. He's at number six. He's at number six. I got. I got to see him play. This I got season. you. I, I got to see him play. This I season. understand that. I got you. I'm gonna uh, step back on that. Oh Lord, here you go. Number seven for me is going to be Dame Dollar. Mm-hmm. Love the running head last year in basketball. Dame is a tough one. It, it, well, the only thing that bothers me about Dame is a lot of people have been coming at Steph Curry's neck saying Dame is better, and I just haven't figured out where. Now, Dame is a real, a real gritty nigga when it comes to the court, but over the course of the career, Steph has outplayed him in all aspects. So I don't know where people are getting this in their head that they just feel Dame is so much more superior than Steph, and I feel like it's disrespectful. But but did you just not put Dame in front of Steph? I did. So you, are you one of those people? No, this time. <laughs> I'm explaining why I did. No, I got you. This time I'm I did just... because Steph didn't play last year. Okay. He was injured all last year. I, I got to see what Steph shows up. I got you. So, they're, you know, watching some preseason games, he played the Kings. You know, he had back-to-back 29-point games. So, obviously, it shows you what Steph is still capable of. Mm. But I got to see it during the season. And a lot of it is which Steph is going to lead this Warriors team who's extremely young and inexperienced because you got an Ubre. Uh, Wiggins, you're adding a Wiseman to the lineup. Ubre's like fifth year in the league. Still an experience. I mean, he's a one trick pony. I'm an energizer. I want to dunk on people and yell. I look great doing it. And he plays defense. If that's what you want to call it. He's known as a defender. But Against who? Good God almighty. Against who? So, even with that, number eight brings me to James Harden. Arguably the best offensive player in the game. Mm. Um, everything else is a head scratcher at times. Um, he can give you a little defensive glare here and there. Not often. Sometimes he'll give you 9 or 12 assists. It depends if he's mad or in a mood. Mind you, he's out of shape. He looks like Mark Henry. He out of shape. <laughs> this motherfucker. He been eating uh, moon pies. <laughs> Ho-hos. Ho-hos. The hoes. Twinkies. <laughs> he been, he, that man been in the club clubbing. He been with Alexis Sky and all them shorties out there. He been eating good. That man be eating. What's that out California? The In and Out, In and Out Burger or whatever. I don't know, but if Alexis Sky there, I, I want to <laughs> go in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Number she, nine, it's a heart by her joint on every one of them joints on my IG. Oh, oh man, I get notifications when she go live. Number nine for me is Jimmy Butler. Uh, Jimmy grew on me last year, um, especially Jimmy. in that, especially in that playoff run. Jimmy grew on me last year. Everybody was saying Jimmy's a terrible. Was it the cowboy hat? 
No. They said Jimmy's a terrible teammate. He's a dickhead. No, Jimmy was just calling motherfuckers out from when they was bullshitting. And mm. somehow he took that Miami team to an NBA Finals run with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Um, but yeah, Jimmy's number Don't nine. Tyler like that. Fuck He's a gangster. Fuck Tyler Hero. Man. I couldn't believe he even had the nerve to mug the camera. The fuck were you thinking? It's Tyler Hero. Number ten for me is the Joker. That's my tenth best player oh. in the league, the Joker. So with that being said, the floor is now rolled over to you for your best ten players in the NBA. It's funny, a lot of our shit is actually the same. Number one, what is LeBron James? Of, of course. <laughs> of, of course. That's not of course. That's only because KD been hurt. Before KD got hurt, it was KD. So, so LeBron, because he carried Unibrow to a championship. Uh, number two for me is Kevin Durant. I don't care if he's been hurt or not. The last time he was healthy and on the court, he was one or two of the best basketball players in the in the world. What was he doing then? Huh? Why was he one or two? What you mean? Either because that's one? because that's depending on the person you talk to. He was one or two. But I mean, he was number one or he was number two. To me, he was one. Why was he? But one? to you, he might have been number two. Why was he one? Because he paid LeBron and he beat him. Correct. Oh, okay. okay. I just wanted. To, I, I wanted to hear. when that Warriors team that was supposedly so great when they was out of everything and they just kept coming down. Who they get that ball to? KD. Oh, give it to him. Bang, bang, bang. And he just he just did his thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so everybody talked that shit. But my man carried the Warriors to what he needed to do. He he had like they said, LeBron ain't want no smoke. He wouldn't look that man in the eye. Mm. So number three would be AD. <laughs> And that's me being courteous. Because before he went with LeBron, that man was quiet as a motherfucking church mouse. He's still quiet now. And nah, he was out there talking last year. He won't be doing interviews or talking all night. You know, he can't talk too much because he mush mouth. Oh, so, no. number four, just like you, Kawhi. Uh, good two-way player. Uh, I mean, last year... Last year was kind of a kind of a slight to Kawhi. Like he should have he should have bought that Clippers team in, even if they didn't have a, a even when they had an issue with Doc. Now supposedly you know Doc, a lot of players had an issue with Doc, and they ain't like the way the teams were going or uh, things were going, and uh, the team kind of didn't like that he didn't uh, what was it uh, adjust to things once they uh, started to lose two games and it was 3-3 and they was just kind of like well Doc never made any adjustments so Which supposedly a lot of the a lot of the players had an issue with that if Which you listen to true. yeah or if you listen to a couple of the players but uh, some of that falls on some of the players too you know what I'm really? saying yeah yeah you, you but you need to go to the coach and say hey coach maybe we should do this or XYZ as a leader like Kawhi most people think he is maybe he should have did that but is that his is that book is that his persona though? It might be. We just don't see it. So like, uh, there's some people that we think is very quiet and stuff. But behind the scenes, they really go to a coach or go to other players and really get them motivated and shit like that. So to the world, yeah, is Kawhi some just silent motherfucker who just doesn't say anything? Yeah, he is. But behind the scenes, we don't know what Kawhi really is like. So, uh, yeah, to the world, yeah, he's not going to say that. But behind the scenes, I can't say that's Kawhi hmm. because I just don't know that man like that. You know what I'm saying? Which so, is true. So then number five, we'll go with Giannis. Um, for me, 
much like you, I'll argue with you, but Giannis, to me, still got to show a little bit. Um, his offensive game hasn't gotten much better since he's been in the league. Well, it's gotten better since he's been in the league, only because he's gotten bigger and stronger and go to the hole and mugs just can't can't foul him and he just lose the ball. Now they foul him. He's strong. He dunking. So now he's going for the, to the line for an and one. But until he can really create a jumper from 15 feet out, I don't see much of how Giannis is going to change. And I think that's one of the reasons he really sat back and was like, yo, do I really want to look and go through the scrutiny in a bigger area than Milwaukee? Because it's, it's different when you get that L.A. pub or that New York pub or mm-hmm. that even, hate to say it, even a D.C. pub. When when them, when them everybody's around every day to see what you're going through, it's totally different than when you're in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, number six for me is Dame, mm. Dame Dollar, because uh, a lot he did last year was out was without C.J. McCollum, you know, uh, and Rodney Hood. Um, uh, they just got another. Uh, they just made a trade for somebody else, but they they got some pieces around them right now. I want to see what they look like when they're healthy. Mm. Um, and even though people are like, oh, it's Rodney Hood, but Rodney Hood the year before had a nice little playoff run. He 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 did some things for him, and yeah. People look at certain names, but certain names can do things for you in the playoffs and during the season, even though they're not superstars, that can make you look a lot better. So, um, seven for me is Luca. Show me, young man. Mm. That was one season. And I'm not to shit on your season because you had one of the best seasons ever. You did your thing. But I need this, much like you told me, you know, with some other shit, show me again that you're going to do the same thing. Now, Luca is a dog. I'm not taking that away from Luca. Luca, I want to see you get a little better on defense. Even though, like you said, like realistically, defense nowadays in the NBA is not Dennis Rodman type of shit. It's not Carl Malone type defense. But it is... Hey, step up and do something. Take some, take some uh, charges. Uh, step in the lane. Do something. Luca last year was more. He was like, man, fuck that. I got to put so much in on offense that I'm not about to come down here and play no damn defense. <laughs> so, <clears throat> which with that Dallas team, I don't know if I could really blame him because he was missing KP. You know, uh, Porzingis. Uh, if he can stay healthy, I really think that would take a lot more off Luca, and he can actually go out there and, and be more rounded and play a different not a different type of basketball because he played a great style but mm-hmm. actually commit to playing defense because he wouldn't have to give everything last year he had to literally give everything on offense mm-hmm. so I couldn't blame him for not really playing a whole lot of D eight I'm giving it to him just because he is who he is and that's Steph Curry you know what I'm saying uh, uh, Steph Right now in the preseason is doing his thing, but uh, we'll see when he come back. Um, yeah, he missing Clay, but for me, he's not taking in for Clay. But they did make a good sign with Kelly Oubre. I think that will also keep the four spread. Uh, for me, uh, can Andrew Wiggins consistently hit a shot? Now he has gotten better um, right now as for his three pointer and his defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, Wiggins is, is a mental midget and can he get better mentally and shoot that three? And that will really help Steph out and where he is. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's a lot on Steph though, man. Definitely. It's a lot on Steph this year. And, um, uh, I think they're going to end up making the playoffs if they stay healthy. I don't know what's up with Draymond, man. I don't know who that dude is. <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. I just don't know who that dude is. Because, I mean, even now, he his three-point game is not even good like that. At one point, he could hit the three. And right now, I mean, he's just an average-ass eight-and-eight eight dude that got a big mouth and people will talk to. So, he I mean, keep but talking. I guess for in his defense last year, I mean, he was without play and Steph. Yeah, but... So, I mean, he's not one of those guys really in an ability to create or to get... The floor is spread as much. Like, nobody was scared of Eric Pascal. Yeah. Nobody's scared of Chris. Like, that team that was on the floor last year, like, that was laughable. Yeah. As opposed to where now it's like, we got Clay coming off screens. We got Steph over here isolating. Yeah. He's coming off screens. The movement of the offense, like, all that was eliminated. No, I get that part. But at some point, you got to say, okay, let me change my game a little bit to where can I go back to the basket and create something off of a dribble or whatever it may be against my one-on-one and then create a double to kick it to this. You know what I'm saying? It was more so he was trying to run the same game that he was running without those two dudes. And mm-hmm. that's that's just stupid. That's not so going to happen. let me ask you this. Do you feel that that's Draymond's game? Like, Garrett, like Draymond, Draymond Green is that good of a player that without these two I can evolve to a back to the basket and then score or back to the basket it and make the It might pass. not be but let me see you attempt at least. <laughs> because at this point you talked all that shit like you that dude mm-hmm. even without Steph or Clay, and mm-hmm. I can average this you talking shit to Charles Barkley which is one of the top 50 greatest players of all time mm-hmm. like you could be Charles Barkley mm-hmm. where motherfucker just show when Charles ain't had shit he was throwing up Damn near 28 points a game with 10 rebounds. And he's six four and a half. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So don't talk that shit like you that man and you really not that dude. So okay. which one are you? Mm. Are you going to be that dude that talk that shit? Or are you yeah, going to shut up. the fuck up and be a church mouse like you should be? Because you ain't nothing but eight and eight. So it's... The triple single. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... So, uh, number nine, I'll go with James Harden. And whoo-wee... Harden, I don't know. I don't know where this dude been. <laughs> tricking off in Magic City. I mean, he still dropped buckets. Tripping, tricking <laughs> off in Magic City. Yeah. I mean, they say the chicken wings is good in the strip club. I know. I can't wait to go down and visit. My ass on the list of things to do. Yeah. So, but this dude, man, I don't know, man. He looked he look my size. Mm. He had my stomach. <laughs> it's just I don't know what's going on with James, man, and he's he's a bad teammate. We're gonna get into him a little bit more. Oh yeah, thoroughly later on. Thoroughly. But James is no, definitely number nine. I hate what you have done to the NBA, by the way. Mm. You'll never hear this podcast, but James Harden, I single handedly blame you for what the NBA is right now. And I hate what you did to the league. All these mugs flailing, taking eighty five steps, talking about that's a Euro, whatever. I hate you. Mm. Number 10 is the same mug you had at 10 is the Joker. The Joker really stepped up last year and did his thing. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially after he lost that 40 pounds. Yeah, so, I mean, if he continues to uh, get better and do what he has to do, Denver's going to be a tough out, man. You know, last year they kind of just, you know, started tasting what a little bit of success was. And I actually think that them losing like that, can do two things, but for me, I see this Denver team taking that and and taking that as uh you know like uh 
okay, we learned our lesson and this is how we got to now go about taking it with the Lakers and, and just learning from that and making that a learning experience as opposed to um, just be like, hey, man, we got our ass whipping, taking it a different direction. So I really think Denver's going to do some things. Hmm. So let me ask you this about, because you would say it's funny, you brought up the topic of James Harden. <laughs> do you feel like the, God, oh the prima donna elite or some stars have too much power or too much pull in organizations. That dude had the most pull in the world. For those that don't know, so we're going to break it down a little bit for you <laughs> from what we can talk about. And uh, I didn't read the whole article. I just heard some things. Mm -hmm. So, just for those that don't know and haven't heard, in James Harden's uh, favorite cities, the team, not him, the team had to stay an extra day in that city. Uh, they wouldn't start film session until James Harden came in, which Westbrook used to get mad about because they would set a time, and then James would come two hours later sometimes, and Westbrook would be like, man, start the damn film session. And they'd be like, well, we're going to have to restart it when James come anyway, so why start it now? So just things like that. James Harden was doing to his teammates. He got Chris Paul up out of uh, Houston. Mm. He said he wanted him gone. So there's a lot with James Harden that people didn't know about of what he was doing. So just to give you a background on what we were saying, that's some of the things. I can't remember everything that I heard or everything that you, know, you may have read. You might know some more things that I didn't speak upon right there. But mm -hmm. for a player to have that much power... Is ridiculous, and that's that goes from the president, GM, head coach. Everyone there should be ashamed of themselves, and that's one of the reasons now, especially with this coming out, of why James Harden is hard to get a trade for because no one else is going to deal with that bullshit. Mm. Now that 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 part is true, and I mean it's it's kind of it's kind of been an alarming. In a, in a sense Like because I know I debate And I argue With a lot of different friends Just in regards to it Because I feel like A lot of people Always feel Because you're the star player You should have The final say Or the most say so And I'm like This is when it boils down To to an extent that Players play Coaches coach right. Management is responsible For operations And I feel like When you start to cross Into different roles Is kind of when The demise of the team Or the organization Starts to fall So like In the sense of What you were saying With the article you know, James was able to dictate practice schedules, what time he wanted to practice or yeah. what time we should practice based on how his night went. Right. Travel arrangements and plans. He was dictating coaches, personnel, you know, teammates, like all kinds of stuff. And after a while, it's like y'all are conforming to James Harden. Like he brought y'all three championships. The only mm -hmm. thing he did was give y'all 35 points a game, 36 points a game, whatever. I think he got, what, like one MVP? Yeah. And I mean, it's like, rest in peace, Bahamas to Kobe. Kobe said, like, that shit is not going to win you a championship, champ. And it's just crazy to me when I listen to <laughs> he everything. no defense. Right. And it's crazy when, when you listen to how the story continues to unwind in regards to James Harden. It's just like, our players getting too much power? Because it's in a similar sense, Kawhi was doing the same thing with the Clippers last year. I, I don't feel like practicing the day Doc... Y'all go ahead and practice. I'm going to be over here on the exercise bike. So if you're not injured, like, what the what the fuck? Like, you're not hurt, but you don't feel like practicing. No, you get your ass out here with the rest of us because we need to build the continuity and chemistry on the floor to win yeah. games. Now, the Clippers thing. 
Mm-hmm. Depending on who you listen to, if you listen to Paul George on uh, All in Smoke podcast, mm-hmm. a lot of the non-practices was Doc Rivers. That mm-hmm. wasn't the players. Mm-hmm. The players actually said, if you listen to him, like, like I said, I'm not rich, I'm not famous, I ain't been around nobody. Mm-hmm. If you listen to him, the players said they wanted to practice more. Mm-hmm. It was Doc and the coaches that said, no, we're not practicing on X, Y, Z days, mm-hmm. and this is what it is. So they actually wanted to do more with it, and Doc was like, nah. So depending on who you're listening to in that situation is different. But this situation, for goddamn sure, James Harden led everything that was coming up out oh, of yeah. that Houston Rockets organization, and that's a goddamn shame that anybody would let one player, especially, I ain't going to say especially James Harden because he is talented. He, you know, he he's one of the very few maybe ever in the NBA to be able to do what he can do. Yeah, I, go, never go take get that. drunk, fuck some <laughs> bitches, and then turn around and score 50 the next day. Right. right. That's, that many niggas that can do it. Yeah, so, you know, but to let one player and that player dictate everything that's going on in your organization like that, you should really be ashamed of yourself, and that is just... That's a terribly run organization. So for those that are wondering why you don't see James Harden being traded like that or, oh, yeah, she should easily go to Philadelphia. Man, hey, look, these other teams know what's going on, man. They knew this shit well before that article came out. They got the NBA has people that go around and, and look at other players. And, you know, it's like the hip hop police. They got police people out there looking at these NBA players. And I think also you have to realize, like, when you, if you consider trading for a James Harden, you have to look at what you're giving up. Because, like, realistically, the Rockets traded, damn, their, all their assets for, you know, the, the, because they were listening to James, bringing yeah. Russ. And then I don't even know what that, did they even get anything? We know with the whole CP3, CP3 trade. Like, mm-hmm. when you look at it realistically, like, they round. traded away all their assets to get players to try to, appease James Harden and it yeah. backfired so it's like now realistically what do you got because now right. if you pull the trigger and you trade a James now you ask him for a lot because now you're trying to replenish what you already got rid of so for me personally I feel like if you're Doc Rivers or you're Brooklyn with Steve Nash I feel like you're an idiot it's fool's gold if you trade away your assets to bring in a James Harden and, mm-hmm. I, and the other and the other side of it of me it says I get why you want to do it because the NBA you only get a certain window or an opportunity to win championships. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, if you're Brooklyn, you bring in James Harden, but what are you giving up? Because now you're like, oh, great, I got James Harden, I got Kyrie Irving, I got Kevin Durant, and it's like, well, who else is on the joint? Who else is on the team? So now you need three people to score 25 to 30 points a game for you to constantly or consistently win, and the rest of your role players are trash. So that gets to the point of, can you imagine a locker room with James Harden and Kyrie Irving. And speaking of Kyrie, that <laughs> that's exactly was, that's exactly why I went there. This motherfucker <laughs> was walking around the TD Garden at night with sage in his hand, saging like himself while he was walking around to come out to shoot around. Like he's walking with sage. I, I don't know what you've been what you've been on. I don't know what you've been through in life. I don't know what you've been experiencing. You want some shit right now, Kai? You you want some shit? I feel like you are you are trying to portray yourself as if you're LeBron. Like you've got that it factor that allows you to say and speak on whatever you choose to speak on. Like calling the media peasants and all that, and it's just like yo, you made one shot. We get it. Who the fuck are you? I think. Um, 
I think Kyrie's been quiet his whole NBA career because of that reason. Because whoever is around him knew exactly what kind of person he is mm-hmm. and how he's going to come out to the public. Mm-hmm. So they told him, yo, you shut the fuck up <laughs> and just play. Yeah. And now he's feeling himself. He with his boy and he's in a comfortable spot. And he's just feeling himself. So now he's like, hey, now I can finally be me. Now, basketball-wise, I, I, I'm i curious to see how they gel on the floor, him and Katie. I'm curious to see what that team looks like. Because it's one of those things where video game-wise, it's an unstoppable duo. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, realistically, NBA-wise, I have to see it manifest. I need to see how you guys move the ball, how you guys feed off of each other. Like, Katie's always going to be a guy who's okay taking the back seat. And then I'll step in when you need me to. Kyrie's never been that guy. Like, Katie did that when he went to Golden State. I'm not here to interrupt you guys' flow, but when y'all want me to take the game over, cool. I'm what capable of doing that. He look LeBron on his ass. You know? <laughs> you go this year again. So, I guess, like, I, I feel like this year is KD and Kyrie's year. I don't necessarily say to prove. I feel like it's more to prove for Kyrie than it is KD because Kai's kind of created an identity for himself that's kind of uncharted territory for me to mm-hmm. where you're trying to kind of be like the Marshawn Lynch. You're trying to be the guy who leaves a quote here or there to where you just like, I can't believe this fucker said that shit. And, but at the same time, still be likable. Like, Marshawn could say, like, I'm just here so I won't get fined type mm-hmm. shit. And motherfuckers will kind of run with it. And it's just like, oh, that's just Marshawn being Marshawn. He just right. don't want to talk to y'all. Right. But it's like, you're kind of, you get confused sometimes with Kai because it's like, you seem like you got a lot you want to say, but then you'll come around and be like, oh, I don't need to speak to peasants. But then it's just like, you went into in-depth detail about the whole peasant thing but then when they were asking you questions, you were just like, I'm out. Fuck y'all. I'm going to do what I'm doing. Like, you Make your mind up who you want to be. Do you, you. want to be the dickhead? Do you want to be the realist? Do you want to be the bad guy? Like, pick a persona and go with it. <laughs> like, the fuck? <laughs> I mean, KD's got it. Like, when you cross, when you come yeah. to KD, then KD gives you the dickhead. Yeah. But other than that, KD's like, look, I'm a ball. I'm going to do what I do. They're like, yo, do you feel like you 100%? Like, nigga, I've been in this bitch for over 10 years. Like, I feel like I'm still 85%. Yeah. And you know, I just came off of a catastrophic injury. But at the end of the day... You can't teach the dog new tricks. It's an old dog. Like, Katie still can go out there and he can still score 30. He can still score 40. Hey, real PG nigga. He going to play it late. You know what I'm saying? Lay back. So, you got to be for real. You know what I'm saying? So, then it's funny with that because coming up into, you know, next Tuesday, um, you know, the season kicks off and, you know, they open up miraculously against Golden State. Yeah. Um, which will kind of be, you know, a decent matchup. You know, I feel, I feel, you know, obviously Golden State isn't the same Golden State they once were. You know, some pieces have moved on. Mm-hmm. Role players, obviously, KD. But I feel like they'll make a strong, solid push to possibly be a, a potential playoff contender. Obviously, mm-hmm. I don't feel that they'll win anything, but they'll make it a solid push. But it's also a good opportunity to see what Brooklyn's going to look like on the floor coming into the season. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people see it as it's KD and Kyrie, and it's like, well, we want to see the whole picture. We want to see the five you put on the floor that could potentially, you know, win you a championship. Because mm-hmm. unfortunately, sometimes you put two niggas on a squad and you say this is a championship team when championships aren't won in the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. They're won over a period of times. And then once you kind of hit your streak and you kind of roll and then you catch fire, catch fire or catch your flames or whatever, and then you win it. So I'm kind of curious to see that. Nobody talks about DeAndre Jordan anymore. For what? I'm just saying. <laughs> fuck are we talking about? No, I'm just saying. 
<laughs> it's just funny how the NBA works. You know what I'm saying? Like, just well, funny I mean, how the NBA works. Because you also got to remember, like, the game has evolved so much. Oh, like, no, no, like, definitely. Yeah, like they step out and shoot now. Like, big men who, who come into the league now, like, if you can't shoot from at least the foul line, like, you're a liability. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I just said that to say how funny the NBA evolves and how fast it evolves and the fact that oh, yeah. three years ago, that was a wanted dude. It was the highest, highest, one of the highest paid big men. And now, and now it's, it's, Motherfucking, you talk about KD, Kyrie, and mm, Dinwiddie and Spencer, Levert. Spencer Dinwiddie, right? Harris <laughs> Levert. And then, of course, the second game that night is the Clippers versus LA. Um, I, 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 I mean, I, I feel like the Clippers are the the Boston Celtics of the of the of oh, West. Brooklyn, Brooklyn by seven. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, you know, the Clippers. I just you know on on paper they look like. You know, a team, you're like, oh, you know, they could win some games. They may compete. But, I mean, it's just Kawhi, PG, and everybody else. And the bounty's out for PG this year because PG just got that extension. And I don't know what the fuck the Clippers were thinking. Like, you just saw COVID PG-13 in the playoffs. And you give him a max deal? For what? Because at that point, I mean, who else you going to give it to? But a max? I fought 200 plus million? So, what happens because, because your boy has a player option? So KD, what a, what a, Kawhi. A Kawhi, yeah, he has a player option. He can opt out after the season. So yeah, you stuck with PG, and then you bring in who? Hey, at least they can say they got PG. I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. I, to me, that's the only thing they can. That it, I think that them extending him. I think they had a conversation with Kawhi of how can we keep you here, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Hey, extend my mind." Hmm. If you extend my mind, then you know I definitely. It's a kind of like a wink and a gun type. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You extend my boy. That's my word. Mm-hmm. I, this my only like what your boy said. I got my balls and my word. That's about it. <laughs> so you you extend my boy. That shows me of what you talking about to really uh, give me what I'm thinking about staying here in in Los Angeles. So I think uh, I think that's what that really was. I think. So based off of what you've seen with that Clippers team, yeah, seven game don't series. Sleep, don't sleep on Surge. seven game series versus. Don't LA. sleep on a. Can Bible. they beat the Lakers right now? Don't sleep on the bottom. Can they beat the Lakers right now? Right now, at this point? In a seven-game series? Right now. Can they beat the Lakers? Right now. Can they beat the no. Lakers? <laughs> I, I agree. Why? Well, That's mean, right shit. now. The Clippers couldn't beat the fucking Nuggets. So, of course, they can't beat the Lakers. I mean, they was up 3-1. And oh, blew it. I know. And smoking booch. Okay, off topic. Nah, it's on topic. Yeah. But just, you know, we're just talking our shit. We spit talking. Orlando Magic. Trash. Come on, Eric. Where you see your boys? Trash. All right, where you see your boys? Eighth. AC? Maybe. Okay. If we're lucky. All right. All right. So so what happens to have what happens to happen? What has to happen with you being an AC? To do what they always do. Play enough just to be five games under five hundred and make the AC. Okay. There is they don't do a lot of things well. For those that don't know, he's a Magic fan. I'm a Wizards fan. There's nothing to so, brag about being an Orlando Magic. It's nothing to brag about being a Wizards fan. I'm you just, guys have Russell fucking Westbrook. What does that mean? We had and John Wall. Bradley Beal. We had John Wall. You have arguably the best backcourt in the East. We already had that. Do you know what we have in Orlando? Yes. Disney, Disney World. Vu. Disney World. Vu is a beast. He's trash. He was, wasn't he in the All-Star? Unfortunately. I'm just saying. You got an All-Star. Vu is okay. We don't have an all-star. He, you had an MVP. Who? Russell. Years ago. We don't we have We talking about last year. Our best Russell, fucking score well, is Russell was man. all-star last year. But I'm saying Bradley Beal wasn't an uh, all-star. He got slighted. He averaged 30. Okay. 
And you know what? Bradley was Beal, he an All Star? He got slighted. Was he an All Star? He got slighted. That's a, it's a yes or no question. It's a no. Right. He got slighted. How the fuck you average thirty points and can't get an All Star nod? Because at that point, he but was you got niggas averaging eighteen and nineteen getting All Star nods. I mean, it's a it's a fucking fan show. I mean, Don't disrespect my nigga Bradley Beal like that. I mean, Come to Orlando, Bradley. We got, got a spot for I mean, you. Just because you got braids now, don't mean we got we got a spot for you in Orlando. Because I can tell you, Bradley Beal's average of thirty was Bradley probably Bill will be gone by All Star break, which is fine. Because I'm telling you, Bradley Bill having a 30 might have the been Wizards our will total be, average of the three niggas in the backcourt for Orlando. The Wizards will be a temp seed. Russell with that shit. Y'all got a fucking alpha dog in DC. Fucking Wizards <laughs> about to be the six and seven seed in that bitch. Ooh. Nah, you know I'm joking. I think it'd be a six seed. So moving on from basketball, unless you have any closing mm-hmm. remarks, we no, want to move on. We're gonna move on to the National Football League. The National Football. So week fourteen, what we were looking at was the biggest. One of the biggest games was the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts out here beating the New Orleans Saints. Um, your take on the state of the Philadelphia Eagles because now people who are Philly fans mm-hmm. are under the impression that Jalen Hurts is the guy, and Carson Wentz needs to pack his bags and kick rocks. Well. Enjoy that, what you did, Jayla. Enjoy Philadelphia Eagles fans. Enjoy what you got. Because once these defenses figure them out and they get them on tape, they're going to eat them up like they did every other quarterback like himself who has one or two reads and just runs. The next couple defenses will figure them out, and then he will be what he is. He gonna end up getting hit just like Wentz, cause y'all have maybe one of the worst offensive lines in NFL history. To me, put Jalen out until the end of this year, and Wentz is still your man. But hey, if not, Wentz can come to DC. Hmm. You want well? Realistically, I mean, I take Carson Wentz down to Tampa. I mean, because the league, the league football wise, has evolved into more athletic quarterbacks. Just the game, the spread, the RPOs, and just the biggest thing is the breaking down of the pocket. God, like, like our biggest struggle in Tampa is is once the initial one or two reads aren't there, Tom's kind of standing there, so now he's getting antsy. Whereas opposed to the superior teams have quarterbacks that can buy extra four or five seconds. So now you have the threat of running and scrambling. So now DBs and linebackers are looking like, oh shit, he's about to run. And of course, by that time, one or two seconds, the receiver running back has moved two or three yards away from the backer. Now you just got to make a good throw. Mm-hmm. That's why Kansas City's so dangerous when Mahomes breaks the pocket. Like it's right. it's it's just what the league has basically started to evolve to. Um, That's what Russ does. And I mean, he does it well, but also Russ is starting to get older. And a lot of people, especially Seattle, they're getting hip to what Seattle does. And that's basically what their game is predicated on mm-hmm. is breaking of the play, mm-hmm. extending the play. So now teams have done a much better job, as you saw when the Giants beat Seattle. They were able to contain him and keep him in the pocket. So now your little ass ain't got nowhere to go. So the receivers are over there running all willy-nilly. Fantastic. But you can't get a clear throw because you got six five motherfuckers in front of you and you're 5'11". What's it in Madden? L one up, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and hope DK will get that bitch. Right. But I mean, realistically, for Philly, that was definitely a, a good win. Um, you know, it's funny because now this week the Saints will be starting Drew Brees. Um, they basically said fuck Taysom Hill. Drew Brees obviously gives us the best chance to win because we're chasing a number one seed with Green Bay, who continues to win. He's has about to bring another down, really. right? And what kind of brings me to my next question is mm-hmm. how bad is Jameis Winston looking at practice that they felt that Taysom Hill was better than? I James refuse Winston? to answer this question. That's ridiculous. I plead the fifth. I did not 
I have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> I didn't take those crab legs. I, 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 just, I just need to know, like, how bad... Oh, poor James. How bad did he look? Because Taysom Hill, when, they, when Philly kept him in the pocket, he looks just like another backup quarterback. Now, obviously, he wants to run and throw his 230 around and run at people and all that. That's fantastic. But when it's time for him to stay in the pocket and make throws, he look like a backup. Tell me what you... Want. Why is it that you continue to claim Drew Hill? Because I refuse to call this bum his real name. He's a Bama. <laughs> man, I, there's no way Jameis can look worse than that dude right there, man. I agree. It's It's got to be something with, with... I don't know, man. I... I I don't know. Maybe it's because Hill was grandfathered in. Like, they promised Hill, like... It might be. I mean, they're paying him money. They're paying him some serious money. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of curious because Um, it's just like, what what did Jameis do? Off the jokey joke, but I I don't know. Maybe Jameis is still being Jameis and just in practice. He's throwing pick sixes in practice. Just makes his throws that he wants to throw. For those of you that know, I'm a Bucks fan, so I believe me, I've witnessed it for the last five years. (laughs) Enjoy, I mean, enjoy New Orleans. I mean, not to be funny, but on some real shit, and not just being a nose fan and, and loving Jameis. But Jameis had his moments at Florida State. We just got lucky that we had Kelvin and and, and some other mugs that could just make him look good, man. You know, not to make him look, but because there's times that Jameis was Jameis and mm-hmm. was a beast. But Kelvin and 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 uh, uh, was that Green and and. We, I mean, we had so many weapons at that time. It was could run the ball, Carlos. And and, I mean, it was just so it was a lot to leave with to make Jameis look good as well. But I, I, Jameis might just be down there being Jameis, man. I, well, I, I guess also because I get into a lot of debates with different people because they say we forced Jameis to throw the ball too much, and I'm like, you also got to remember in Tampa, you speak that in Florida State. Okay. So when you look at it, the NFL right now is a thrower's league. So you're a quarterback. I need you to throw. But yeah. the other problem is, is if you throw a pick six off your first two drives, you fuck up my 15 play script that I come out that I prepared all yeah. week. So now how I call the game has changed because now I'm in a hole because of your inability to see that there's a fucking safety over top and you decide to throw it in the double coverage because you have Mike Evans who's 6'5". Mm-hmm. So there's times where you look at it and you say, all right, what is Jameis struggling with? Realistically, the nigga threw 25 picks from a clean pocket. That's terrible. That means you're just mm-hmm. saying, fuck it, I'm throwing the ball and I'm giving my guy a chance. Right. As opposed to, there's a dude in front of me, let me dunk it down to him. Let me see if he can get six to ten yards. Now it's second and two. Now we got our playbook. But when you turn the ball over, that changes everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to take what's in front of you. And it's funny because some of it is coaching because obviously Tom Brady's going through that now in Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians where you're running fucking nines and post routes and all this shit all got right. day. Whereas opposed to there's a tight end standing there, there's a quarterback who's looking down the field, looking down the field, and it's like a running back just standing there waving his hands in front of you. Right. Dump the fucking ball down. Yeah, like it's just it's crazy. So now I just kind of have to wonder, like, what is it that Jameis did in practice that they feel that Taysom Hill is just so much better than him? Because Taysom Hill, I felt like held that offense back. Finally, there was a game that caught up with him because the Saints have a top five defense, so they were okay being able to go out and play some bullshit ass football style because they were getting stops. So realistically. I feel like with Philly, I don't feel like you have a quarterback situation down there. I feel like Jalen Hurts is a one-trick pony. Yeah. At some point, that's just going to catch up with him, especially like you said. Once the film comes out, the same way they stopped RG3, the same way that they're starting to stop Lamar Jackson now. I mean, like, once the film is out, we know how to stop this shit. 
What about Bob? That was a great movie, and that's a great question of where you are in the NFL, sir. <laughs> getting checks. <laughs> he is getting checks. Uh, uh, game that. number two uh, was <laughs> Buffalo and Pitt. With your think, boyfriend. Uh, this nigga, man. <laughs> Um, because I know you were one of the ones who were very active as Pitt being the number one team for the longest until they finally lost a game when yeah. we all said that Pittsburgh yeah. was taking advantage of bad teams and now they're losing. Now they're losing. They, and now they're being exposed because mm-hmm. they still can't run the football. Mm-hmm. Buffalo exposed that defense. Buffalo was able to expose that offense. So who are the Pittsburgh Steelers now? Uh, we're trying to figure that out. So the Steelers are a team that I feel is lost in the sense of um, they're caught up in trying to throw. But the the Steelers have been throwing the ball for three years now, too damn much. It's yeah. it's been that way. So I I don't know what kind of practice they need to have or what they need to do. They may need to come out and say, okay, in a game we need to figure out if we can actually run the ball and and stick behind it. And doesn't matter what happens. Hey, let's run the ball and get some believability or some belief and that we can actually run the damn ball. Because like last game could have been that game. Because hey, we losing. We're losing, so let's try to do something we can't and get some some belief in what we can do and stick behind this offensive line. But that, what does that say about that offensive line? Yeah, and I, I think the last the seasons that you were referencing, I think they were a little better as far as running the ball. Like obviously they're not dominant. You know, James Conner, love your story and everything, but you're not a premier yeah. back. Like you're not going to go out and run for twelve hundred. You're not going to run for thirteen hundred. That's just not your style of football. So it's just like that. You have to look at the scheme, offensive line wise. I'm like, all right, if you're not moving people you might need to go into the zone we just need you to get in the way but then you're going to have to go get a back who can read that James Conner ain't it I think James Conner's averaging 2.8 yards a carry 3 yards a carry Snell's 2 yards a carry like I like you you guys need to figure it out because going into but the Mc, playoffs McFarlane is that different type of back and they just I mean I don't know it's at Maryland, he was catching balls. Yeah, it was at Maryland. He I mean, gets, he was, I mean, he was, that part, he was the same know. one that missed that ball when they lost to the Washington football and team. I know, and that's what I said. Like, in, 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 you know, in Maryland, he was catching the ball. But I just, I don't know, man. It's uh, Pittsburgh is going to find out a lot about themselves in these, what is it, three weeks until playoffs? Mm-hmm. So you're going to find out You're gonna find out a lot about yourself for these next three weeks. And if you can't get it together then, I, I would say take a game and, and try to figure out if you can run the ball. If you lose, you lose. You know what I'm saying? But let your offensive line know, hey, goddammit, we, we we need to stick behind you and figure out what we can really do. So Yeah. I'm gonna say and then the other one, the other game that we wanted to discuss was obviously we feel possibly game of the year, which was the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. Um Everybody wants to talk about the miraculous Lamar Jackson having to go shit, which he says he has cramps. I'm the first one to say he went to go take a shit. He ain't had no goddamn. You cramps. seen that run? That we all know that run right there. Goddamn right. Remember you that time you park out on there. You got That's that time you are losing the belt when you driving. You got because you know you got you know you got to take a shit. You are losing the belt. So right when you park, you put the car in park, lock your door, and run in the joint. And as soon as you pull your pants down, as soon as you hit the toilet, that thing come out. That's what he did. Right he had that motherfucking meerkat coming out that hole. That's what he had. <laughs> that was obviously for me the game of the year. That was that was a playoff caliber game. Um, that was kind of Baker Mayfield's game where he finally 
wasn't the person that was kind of the butt of the jokes. Yeah. Like, because usually with Cleveland, it's we run the ball first. We need Baker to make those. Like, Baker was out there leading the charge. And, I mean, they just didn't do enough to put the Ravens away. And then especially when Trace McSorley was out there. And Why you laugh when you say that, man? Like, because Trace had it. He was trash. doing a little bit of thing. Trace is trash. He's trash. I mean, like... <laughs> Like it was almost, and it's funny that Baker's Baker's, um, you know, whole it was like a movie type thing because literally it's like Trace miraculously gets hurt and somebody in the back like, yo, Lamar, Trace just went down, bro, get off the toilet, like, oh, bet I'm wiping my ass, I'm coming, yeah. and I come out on four for six and throw a touchdown, yeah. and then we go to overtime and we win. Like, come on, bro, like this. Cleveland, Cleveland. I will say in their defense, they're no longer the joke that they used to be. They're a lot more competitive now. Yeah. Um, but that game was a was a playoff game because like Baltimore now is is fighting for their life for the playoffs. Yeah. And you know they're going to need some help to get in to be what a fourteen and two team last season to now you know they're trying to go eleven and five just to get in the playoffs. Yeah. Game was definitely entertaining. That was one of the best games, man. They definitely. Uh, I, I I think I had to work the next morning, but yeah, that, that joke kept me up. I couldn't go to sleep. Because even we're talking about it, like, you know, as we talk about just a wild card scenario. So, you know, basically it breaks down to the Miami Dolphins, who are 8-5, and five, the Ravens, who are 8-5, and five, the Browns and Titans both hold 9-4 and four records. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is Browns and Titans, basically, if they lose one or two games, you know, it's almost like musical fucking cheers. Like, right. you could easily go from the 4th to the 7th to the 5th to the 8th, you know, or whatever, and vice versa. So when we look at it, we see, you know, the Dolphins have New England. The Raiders, Buffalo. The Ravens have Jaguars, Bengals, G-Men. So realistically, you say probably the Ravens make it. Oh, for sure. They win, um, them, they win them last three. Right. Unless, of course, Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Or Lamar's just Lamar. Oh, now, what does that mean? Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lamar was balling Monday night, and they won. He had like 160 yards passing. And also had over 100 yards rushing. Oh, my God. Okay. See, see, you're holding him to the standard of the of, the, of quarterbacks. When I bring that up with uh, uh, Spencer Rattler, you don't want to hear that. Fuck Spencer Rattler. Right, exactly. Is Lamar won MVP last year. What, what did Spencer Rattler qualify for this year? For a long time. Average. We talking about him being a, a, in the Heisman Trophy race. At whose race? Especially after that Kansas State loss. Right. (laughs) So, which brings us to our next thing. So, of the four playoff teams that we discussed here, Miami and Baltimore, who are definitely fighting for that um, seventh spot. And then, of course, with the Browns and Titans. We're going to play what we call Devil's Advocate. So, out of Tua, Lamar, Baker Mayfield, and Ryan Tannehill, who gives you the best option to finish the season strong and make the playoffs? With that schedule, Lamar. So you're going to go with Lamar? I'm saying because of the schedule. You want to go with Lamar? They play the Jags, the Bengals, and the Giants. So you're going to go with Lamar. So okay, They play bums. So if they make the playoffs, how far can Lamar take you? Has he won a game yet? Not yet. Oh, okay. Is that all he's, he's going to take you right there? Is that all he's going to take you right there? You asking me a question. Is that all Lamar? He's going to take you right there. I did ask you a question. Is that he's all taking you right there. Is that all Lamar? You're going to lose round one. To who? The Tennessee Titans. Lamar can beat them. Yeah. Their defense did he, couldn't. Their defense. Did he beat him? Their defense couldn't did stop him. Did he beat him? They couldn't stop Henry. Did he beat him? Of course not. Okay. Henry ran for 200 yards. But did he beat him? In the first half. Did he beat him? Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? Lamar. So you're basically saying Lamar gives you the best option. Right. Only because only because of the schedule. Not because of Lamar. I'm going to say the Baltimore Ravens team 
gives the Ravens the best chance to fulfill their schedule. Lamar Jackson, for me, is a terrible quarterback. He's a great athlete at the quarterback position. He's a terrible quarterback. So you finally agree with me? No, but because of who you went with, I'm I'm basically telling you why I disagree with this because he's just not a good quarterback. But we just talk about the quarterback. We not we didn't say what team gives us the best. We tell him devil's advocate with quarterbacks, not what? teams. And I'm telling you that Lamar as a quarterback does not give you the best chance to win against the against the Jags, Bengals, the Giants. And Giants? The Giants can beat the Ravens. The Giants can beat the Ravens. With Colt McCoy? The Giants beat Seattle, didn't they? With Colt McCoy. Did they not? Yet, as you said, yes or no? No, they did. I mean, that's that's Colt, though. It's exactly. Get the fuck out of here. Colt 45. Fuck out of here. So you're Jake. So Jake Green taught him everything he knew. Baltimore gets them to the playoffs. First round matchups was a 2 7. So the 2 seed would be Pittsburgh Steelers. Lamar Blaine, does he does he beat the Steelers? No. I disagree. What tells you they beat the Steelers? They would have beat them week two. I'm not I'm sorry, not week two. The second game, mm-hmm. they had Bob Griffin playing quarterback with practice squad players. They got the same motherfuckers out there. That's not true. And it would just be Lamar instead of Bob. They had four niggas off the practice squad playing. Mm. Same shit. That's not true. And they'll have Dez back. Throw up the fucking X sign, nigga. They should have been out there that game. He, they fucked him. They, they talking about he had COVID. They did. I feel Lamar could beat the Steelers. Lamar's going to Lamar in the playoffs. And which so means Ben Roethlisberger, the way I've seen, he's going to find a way to lose. He'll be a loser. He's going to lose. He'll be a loser. Now, at first, you know what? I was saying Lamar can't get it done. He can get in the playoffs and beat the Steelers. <laughs> He can beat the Steelers. You don't believe that. I do. No, Steel- I'm not impressed with the Steelers. Skip and Bayless. you, you picked them that. every week at number one. And they I was, told you they what they did. And I told you what they did. They was saying no. And now you had to pick them. And now they're 11 and 2. Okay. Now they're not the best team. Because who did they lose to? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Who's your, who's your team? Who do you root for? Huh? Um, what? What you mean? Who do you root for in football? Paint Branch Panthers, PP three hundred. That's not true. Who do you root <laughs> for in the NFL? I don't root for Paint Branch. They don't play in the NFL. Oh. Who do you root for in the NFL? They <laughs> Some who do you root for in the NFL? The Washington Football. Team. That beat who? The Pittsburgh fucking Steelers. Right, that did. you picked number one every week. We did. We got lucky. And so, if Alex Smith can beat him, I don't compare Alex Smith. To so if home. Alex Smith can beat him, don't compare Alex Smith. To as home. far as what? I'm just saying Because Alex Smith's never been an MVP That's fine I'm not worried about that So Alex Smith in his prime I'll take 9 times out of 10 over Lamar Alex Smith's never been an MVP That's Okay You wouldn't take Alex Smith in his prime over Lamar When was his prime? You wouldn't take him? When was it? In Kansas City When was that? Oh after he got replaced by Mahomes or He had some good seasons before Mahomes Yeah was there what two years before he got replaced? Yeah, he has some good because he also got replaced in San Fran by Colin Kaepernick. Who went to the Super Bowl? Colin Kaepernick. I, that's what I said. Who went to the? But Super Bowl? I mean, he had to replace Alex to go to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying. I'm taking Lamar with Alex Smith. You fucking crazy. That's me. But okay, now, I gotta, now I got to defend my boy. Now you sit. Now you sitting on my boy. That's crazy. Now you sitting on my boy. Don't do Lamar like that. NFC. Tampa Bay. Trash. Arizona, Minnesota, Chicago. So that leaves us with those four quarterbacks. Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, Mitch Trubisky. 
who gives you the best chance. You see how this dude threw Tom Brady in with these clowns? This is Tom Brady's not the same Tom Brady. This ain't the New England Patriots Tom Brady. Tell your coach to call good plays. Tom picks the plays based no, off he of does the coach. He does. Your boy Kango Cap. He says. Kango Cap. These are the plays I have. Your boy's Tom team. said. He's these. had two great quarterbacks. Tom. He's had two great quarterbacks. And both of them played like shit on the head. And Tom told him, these are the plays I like. So he said, okay, Tom, we'll call the plays you like. And they still run a nine rounds. Tom can't throw a nine. He did to Scotty Miller. Who? Right. (laughs) He threw it against Minnesota. Barely. Tom's arm ain't built for that. It wasn't barely. He got it out there. Tom's arm ain't built for that. He got it out there. That's fine. That's one throw. Touchdown. Tom is built for digs. Touchdown. Curls. Comebacks. (laughs) Outs. So basically what you're saying is, is well, Tom, you no longer Tom be No, Tom has been great. Tom has been, been in that basically not a West Coast offense, but something kind of like it to where you you throw dinks and dunks and keep moving down the damn field. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Joe Montana is considered one of the greatest, and that's what he did. Hmm. So out of these four years, taking time to be most successful? Of course. I'm going Kyler Murray. Why? Have you seen Kyler Murray play the last Yes, I have. Have you seen Tom Brady play against competition? Yes. He throws to the other team often. Man, I might want to shit. He does. I might want to shit. He does. Jed, what does Kyler Murray the last couple weeks, what has he said to you that he can do? He's bald. His team's trash. Kyler Murray hasn't balled like that. His team is lost. He's been throwing some bad balls. And he's been missing. You just told me earlier Kyler's on some bullshit. It happens. Now, he can be on some bullshit at times, but the difference is is he's able to buy time with his feet. What is Tom able to do? If the first read's not there, what does Tom do? Please don't. The first read? Please don't hit me. Hold, don't disrespect Please don't hit me. Hold, hold. Please don't hit me. You disrespecting Tom off the first read? Yes. So Tom don't even get to the second read, he bro. Barely. I mean, so I, what's that say about I, your old line? I watched the Minnesota game on what's Fire What's that say State. about your old line? He got he didn't get sacked against Minnesota. Aaron Donald couldn't sniff Tom Brady's jump strap in the Rams game. Chris Jones, another twenty million dollar D tackle, never smelled Brady's ass cheeks. A fart mm-hmm. in the wind. Mm-hmm. Tom still played like shit early on in that game. Well, you still worried about Aaron Donald. You may be worried about him, but he didn't do shit. Yeah, That's the yeah, difference. After you get smacked by him once or twice, now you're looking to where he's at. Aaron didn't get close hey, to that nigga. Hey, Lawrence Taylor wasn't on the field. Joe Theismann still called a timeout because he couldn't find that silly, motherfucker. Hey, <laughs> silly, silly Joe, when you saw his career got ended. <laughs> so hey, me, who was the first one to call for the motherfuckers to come out? So me, my advocacy is going for Kyler because Kyler has Kyler. the ability to throw down the field and he can run. Tom is a one-trick pony. It's in the pocket. I might lose two of those three games. Versus Philly 49ers and Rams. Yeah. I think he'll beat Philly and San Francisco. He might lose to the Rams, depending the Rams, on where they're seated. Rams might not even be playing in that game. To their seat. And that's what I mean. He might win that game. Yeah. So, for me, I'm going Kyler Murray. When I don't the believe. Last time Arizona won again? I don't believe in Tom Brady. They just beat the Giants. Uh, oh. They just beat the G-Men. Ooh. Right. That's that playoff one. team. That's a tough one. That team that beat Seattle. They beat us. So for me, my I don't I don't believe in Tom Brady. For those that don't know, Tampa's going home. For those that don't know, they going home. For those that don't know, this dude is a Tampa fan. Right. So what he does I'm is realistic. he downplays his squad. I'm realistic. So then when they win something, he'll be like, "Oh, we were lucky." He's like the dude from uh, what's that joint? Uh, what's the joint? Uh, what's that? The baseball joint. What's that? What's the, what's the major league? Major league. 
Will blow in the playoffs. He takes his cap. He turns it around. And, all that. and then when they start to win, he turns his cap the other way. That's not true. And he said, I knew you guys would do it. That's not true. That's, let me tell you, JP's full of shit because that's his ass because he does this every week with the Washington football team when they have a name called Death Row that has changed games. They took over the 49ers game. And then you downplay them. I'm realistic with Tom and the Bucks. When we play teams who are, uh, I guess what you could consider the upper echelon, we lose. We, we come out in the first part. We play like shit. And then before you know it, we'll kind of start to make a little comeback. But who we don't do that would be? Pittsburgh. Okay, besides Pittsburgh. Who, who else is on your schedule? Shit. We lost to everyone. You're, you're, you're about to beat Seattle. No. You beat the Cowboys twice. That's Sweep. Sweep. Terrible. I'm, I'm lovely. We did. I'm happy. Same Philly team that beat New Orleans. Y'all beat them twice. Well, y'all didn't beat them twice. Yet. Yeah, but I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all beat them twice. Y'all got them at the end of the season. <laughs> we gonna show Jalen what it is. So I'm like, you know, the Washington football team. They're going places. No, Tampa. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I like what we're building. And y'all beat the 49ers. They beat the Rams twice. What you What you just say to me earlier? Crickets. What do you say? It doesn't matter what team beats this team. Mike, you do, right. Mike Jones. <laughs> All I'm saying is the 49ers beat the Rams twice. Yeah. Y'all beat them mm-hmm. with your defensive line. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Gotcha. What they call them? Death Row. They trash. Like, Death nah. fucking row. We building. We building something. So with all we're that, not, we're not quite there just yet. So with all that being said, this will also conclude another episode of Spit Talking with your boys JP and DP. We appreciate you guys who took the time out to listen with us today. Also, if you have questions, please feel free to add questions to us. You can reach hold out on, to hold us. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. One second. Cut off my motherfucking spiel. Hold on. <laughs> what? Too short or E forty? <sighs> Trash. Who you got? I, I, if you want to talk to me about a versus battle, talk about Keisha Cole versus. But they canceled that. Everybody had they be doing it. We was ready to do the popcorn. They said Keisha. They said Ashanti scared to step outside. They, I don't know. They doing it. They 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 rechose a date. They said Ashanti was scared. You got to give me one better. So than E forty and too short. Come on, man. That's a West Coast jump. What's E 40s best album? Album? I don't know. Best he song? He ain't got one. Shit, you crazy. Too Short got 16 albums of pimping hoes. He ain't got sprinkle ain't me. nothing like pimping. It just don't quit. Motherfuck <laughs> you dumb shit here, bitch. He ain't got sprinkle me. What's my favorite word? Fuck bitch. Bitch. Hey, E-40 <laughs> about to win that jump, though. Fuck out of here. He ain't got nothing for short, dog, bro. Come I on, just had to shit. get that in because you mind. He was, he was mad. They ain't got nothing for short, dog. He was bro. mad that I was talking about this jump. E-40 got... Too many hits. He about to play go hyphy on these mugs. These see people just don't know about West Coast music over here. So well, they, see, the they other problem is, is they don't know about that pimp shit. That that, no, be, everybody know about the pimp. Not, everybody not know about too short. Not this generation. Everyone no. knows about too short. Find me a kid sixteen that can tell you it's too short song. They they gonna on my level. Yeah, tell shout out to find win. me a sixteen year old <laughs> who says yeah I listen to too short. No, but I'm just saying you can't. Everybody know every, Everybody our generation Know about Too Short And E-40 They know about Too Short Before E-40 Nah Too Short I went on this Joe Sprinkle Me Was like that That was his biggest hit That's nah. That short, was That was the biggest Albums On top of albums About no. slinging hoes 
That might have been the biggest hit on both of them. Don't Spr- sleep on them. <laughs> Sprinkle Me. I think Sprinkle Me ended up in like number four on the Billboard. Dog, nigga. <laughs> so for those of you who watching that verses, make sure y'all shout out my nigga Short Dog. Pimpin' Dog. Oh no, I love Short Dog. What my nigga Chew Short say? Do it now. Lick it good. Suck <laughs> this dick just like you should. Right. Uh, Short Dog, nigga. So. Yeah, we about to end this up, but um, we gonna try to. Uh, we gonna always talk sports, but every once in a while we might try to, you know, three or four different things in there. Just you know, just keep us going on some different type of things. We know a lot of females do listen to us, so we want to try to cater to some different things. We appreciate everybody that does listen to us, and as my boy said, we want to thank everybody for coming out for another episode of Spit Talking. I'm going to let him finish what he was doing since I rudely interrupted him. Because Ashanti was going to dominate Keisha Cole? Domination. He was going to dominate. Dominate. Ashanti was going to dominate. She was. Yep, we're going to go ahead Cole. and conclude this episode, so we thank you for Keisha another day Cole of Spit Talking. Keisha Cole is going to get If you don't hear from us before Christmas, we love you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Enjoy. Happy it's Hanukkah. It's probably a Happy good Kwanzaa. chance you won't hear from us before Christmas. Holla! Yeah. Peace.